Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Obviously, it's UFC 300 week in Las Vegas. Friday, also in Las Vegas, it's the second PFL event of the season. Had a great start on Thursday. Uh, Dakota Cheva with a solid win. You had Moldovsky on there. You had a bunch of uh, former Bellator fighters, Liz Carmouche, getting a win as well in her PFL debut. And so I want to let you know that the PFL is back on April 12th with the lightweights and light heavyweights throwing it down. Last week, it was the women's flyweights and the heavyweights. You've got names like Impa Kasangane, who, of course, uh, won the 2023 light heavyweight tournament. You also have Clay Collard and Bellator, former champ. One Patricky Pitbull is, uh, is going to be on the card against Clay Collard. So if you're in Vegas for 300, go check them out. If you're at home, check them out over on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Uh, Plus. That is Friday, April 12th, live at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... The Mixed Martial Arts Hour is back in your life. On this Monday, January 31st, 2022. Hello again, everyone. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're safe and sound. Hope you're warm, wherever you may be. Very cold here in New York City, but I'm happy to be inside. I'm happy to be back from the Lou, St. Louis. Great trip to St. Louis. Truth be told, didn't see a lot, didn't do a whole lot. Did a lot of fun stuff, work-wise, interviews and whatnot. Didn't venture out. Did go to the uh, new-ish Bush Stadium, which is beautiful. Wow. I'd love to go back and see a game there if you've ever been. Or if you haven't, go check it out. It's uh, an amazing setup in the heart of downtown. Went to the Dome. Shout-out to the Rams. Shout-out to the Bengals. Womp, womp. Um, but it was fun. I had a great time. I, uh, I enjoy those trips very much. More on that trip. And more on that uh, event that I covered a little later on. We've got a lot to get to on today's program. Relatively quiet weekend in the world of MMA. There was a Bellator event, uh, main event. Ryan Bader defeated uh, Valentin uh, Moldovsky, and uh, he retained his heavyweight title. A bit of a shocker that at this point in his career, Ryan Bader is having more success at heavyweight than light heavyweight. And this sets up a Czech-Congo rematch fight in, you know, in Paris, so that's fun. Congo and Paris, I don't know if there's a lot of intrigue, a lot of demand for that. Uh, but overall, I thought it was a pretty good Bellator card. There was the Eagle FC card on Friday as well. No UFC, UFC back this weekend with the very entertaining, very interesting main event between Jack Hermanson and Sean Strickland. Of course, we'll talk about that all week long. Today on the program, though, a very eclectic mix of guests. 
I'm very much looking forward to today's show. Back in the show, we'll check in with New York Rick. Rick's picks, you know the deal, Mr. Monday Afternoon. Back in the house, New York Rick. How about that? Shout out to my friend Sandu for that one. Uh, Now, that's at 4? No, that's at 3.30. Did I say 4.30? I meant 3.30. No, I screwed that up. 4 o'clock, it's New York Rick. 3.30, it's Jake Paul. You know Jake Paul, right? You've heard of this guy? You're familiar with him? Why is Jake Paul on an MMA show? Jake Paul is as much of an MMA story at this point than like anything else or anyone else other than the actual fighters, of course. Uh, he is, I would say Jake Paul is more of an MMA story at this point than a boxing story. How about that? So if you don't like it, I got two words for you. At uh, three o'clock, we'll be joined by the legend Paul Daly, Semtex. He's got some very interesting things to share with all of us, so stay tuned for that. At 2.30, GC will stop by. He had a very busy weekend, all kinds of activity, including his first wrestling betting adventure. So I'm really curious to hear what he thought about all that. Our old friend Ronda Rousey is back. Our old friend Brock Lesnar, very much in the mix. Did I see Ronda backstage? We shall discuss later in the program. At uh, 2 o'clock, we'll be joined by the uh, reigning defending UFC flyweight champion Davison Figueredo. I look forward to that. And at 1.30, we're going to be joined by Randy the Natural Couture. And I think you're going to enjoy that interview. There's a lot, you know, I used to do a show called Classic Now. I used to work on the show called Classic Now for ESPN Classic. Um, where we would compare what's going on in sports today to what was going on back in the day. So if Barry Bonds is breaking the home run record, we'll have, I don't know, Hank Aaron on back then. This is like 2003, 2004, 2005. May he rest in peace, Hank Aaron. And uh, if I was doing Classic Now today, Randy Couture would be the perfect guest to have to talk about what's going on in the heavyweight division in particular Francis Ngannou. Before we get to our first guest, though, a quick word from our good friends over at DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook, of course, they present this program. They are our presenting sponsor, and they are the official sports betting partner of not only the UFC, not only the NFL, but the MMA Hour. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use code Hour for a special offer when you sign up. Again, that's code Hour only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Okay, some big news late last week. Uh, Jeremy Stevens, absolute legend, absolute stud, 34 fights in the UFC, made his UFC debut back in 2007. Unbelievably, May 26th, 2007, UFC 71, uh, has seen it all, has done it all. Word got out, no longer a member of the UFC, but he does have an exciting new chapter that is about to begin. Without further ado, let us say hello to little heathen himself, Jeremy Stevens. There he is. Jeremy, how are you, my friend? Fantastic, Earl. Thanks for having me, bro. Oh, it's great to have you as always. Thanks for the time. So, Jeremy, first, uh, let's let's kind of go chronologically. Uh, my understanding is your contract with the UFC came to an end, and it was sort of like mutually discussed that you would part ways. Is that accurate? Yes, sir. You know, uh, I offered, you know, I asked them to give me a favorable matchup. You know, I've been fighting Beast, Murder's Row, uh, two decades, and I just felt like I was getting iced out, you know, only fighting once a year. Uh, that's not good on the bank account. You know, I'm just trying to be typical, just like you, you know, trying to provide for my family. And the only way I can do that is is to fight. They weren't they weren't really fighting me. And, uh, you know, I got options to to go other places after that contract was up. I, I didn't even realize I was up on the contract. Kind of like probably almost like five months kind of gone by that I, I didn't realize my contract was even up. I thought I had like one more fight on there and 
uh, I searched my options and PFL, we're going to go uh, do our best to knock everybody the fuck out and get a million dollars. Okay, so that, that's the other part of the equation. I had some follow-ups on the UFC stuff, but since you said it, so you have signed a deal with the PFL. You're now a member of the PFL roster. Yes, sir. And you'll be a part of their upcoming season, which starts in the spring, their 155-pound tournament, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, like I said, 2007, you made your UFC debut, 34 fights. When you came to the realization that, you know, at least for now, crazy things happen in the sport, but at least for now, that UFC chapter is over for you. How did that make you feel? Man, uh, it's kind of wild. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of emotions, but, you know, I look back, I'm like, man, I made it. Like an Iowa kid, 34 fights. I'm one of the best. I am the best and I would ever do it. You know, I never got the championship, but the fighters that I've fought in world champions, beaten world champions, uh, the murderers row 34 fights later, uh, I thought I was going to, honestly, I thought I was going to end my career in UFC. I would have loved to kind of have that type of story, but 34 fights is a lot. And I did a lot of uh, damage, a, a great impact on the sport, the fans as of lately, you know, it's uh, it's always been, who the fuck is that guy? Who the fuck is that guy? But the fan support that I've gotten over the past few days, everybody reaching out, showing me mad love, playing my highlights. It kind of all kind of came back. Like I never really stopped and acknowledge like what I've been doing, like what I've done. I've always just been in the moment, give me another fight, make it happen. And uh, looking back, reflecting after all this, it's, it's truly a blessing and just amazing. You know, I've established myself on my household name. Uh, it's not like, you know, I, I had two, three fights in the UFC and I got cut, you know, anywhere else I'd go to say the PFR or whatever, you'd probably be taking a pay cut. Uh, I put myself in a solid position and uh, I'm excited for what's next. I'm not done yet. And I'm, I'm really happy uh, with where I'm going, what I've done. Uh, it's been amazing. I really want to thank the fans lately because that love and support, you guys have no idea. They had me like choked up. Mm. And uh, it's awesome. I love that feeling. Yeah, when this came out, I think it was Thursday afternoon, um, a ton of love. I saw a ton of love coming your way. I'm wondering why Why did you feel like you were being iced out? Uh, I just I just feel like uh, with a certain situation happened after, you know, that push with Jakar. Uh, you know, there's other, a lot of people always want to blame Dana. Dana, Dana loves me, you know, and, uh, we have a good relationship and there's other people in power that I just feel like we're just kind of icing me out, you know, not really trying to fight me and, uh, is what it is. Just kind of didn't, didn't go that way. You know, uh, what do you want me to say? You know, it's like, could you give me a fight? There's a lot of guys, you know, I was, I was calling out Donald Cerrone again. Michael Johnson called me out. Uh, I was calling for potential matchups like a Jim Miller, a Clay Guida. I'm like, give me someone of like, these guys are all still around. I'm not. I still have legs, longevity, my, my, my performances, my body, the way that I, I go out. It's like, I'm still here. It's just, I'm in a different organization now. And that's where I want to go. I, I want to go where I'm going to get respected. I'm going to get a chance or an opportunity to go and, 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 and pull myself up from these losses and, I can't do that by fighting once a year and getting iced out. Like, oh, da, 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 da. It's like, bro, I fight beast after beast. You know, it's like all I'm looking for is an opportunity, and that opportunity came in PFL. Uh, I haven't talked to you since that whole Jakar Close thing. Can, can can we get your side of the story? What happened there it, it, from your perspective? Obviously, we saw what happened on the tape, but, like, why did you push him? Why did you feel the need to do that? Uh, You know, when you're in those moments, you're not really thinking about that. You know, it's like, I was dealing with a lot of stuff with my mom. You know, I, I, I've been open about that. You know, I've, I've been on losses. I've been on the fucking edge and 
you know, the, during the weigh-ins, like he came in late, he was just huffing and puffing, like everybody could hear him. And I could see in his eyes, he's kind of like getting crazy. So I was like, oh, I better expect anything, whatever. And just in those moments, I was really ready to go. I wanted to fight. I wanted to kind of take a lot of the, the shit that I was dealing with personally, uh, mentally. And I, I was ready for a fight. I showed up. He, he gets in my face, nose to nose. And if you slowly watch the tape, I stop and he keeps kind of coming. And we just get nose to nose. And it was just, I don't know, you, you know, I just reacted. Boom. Mm. Hit him with a push. Uh, did I think that he was going to not fight? It was a, it was a fucking push, you know, like I get it. But, uh, ever since then, it just kind of like my relationship with, with, I felt like, uh, Sean Shelby, that kind of, you know, Dana probably harping on his ass. I think he may be taking that out on me a bit, you know, cause he's got a matchup. That's like a turd that no one knows he's fighting in March. I'm not, you know, when you put two and two together, you know, it's like, what do you want me to do? You know, I'm, I'm showing up fight pushes. These things happen. Seen Khabib do it after I pushed Canelo got into a, a, a scrapping match with his opponent, like mad pushes have been going on. You see that Russian like league, like yeah, people over there kicking head, everybody, everybody always tags me and stuff like that. Oh, like, really? What would Jeremy do? <laughs> and, uh, that was that, bro. That was that. Do you regret it? No, because I mean, if you go back to the situation, I'm, I'm dealing with my mom who's, been a drug addict her whole life. She's in a retire. She's in a, a, a home where she needs taken care of. Like she has to wear diapers, you know, like this shit's going on in my life. And here I come to fight. You know how I bring the style, bro. I'm bringing mad violence. I'm, I'm gonna go in there and go for the kill. That's just the way I fight. And I showed up that day. I was ready to rock. He was kind of all huffing and puffing. And I, I thought we were just going to trade a little rivalry, a little scuffle, and people are going to be excited and tuned in. And I, I don't regret it because I was just showing up, ready to rock and roll, ready to fight, do my job. Uh, pushes and things like that happen. Altercations in the back. This shit happens. You know, um, I, it's, it's not that I don't regret it. You know, it's like I'm, I'd rather live in gratitude and gratefulness and look back at all the amazing stuff that I accomplished over UFC. A lot of people, I think, like they, they bitch and complain, oh, the money and this and that. It's like, well, we all signed the contract, didn't we? We know what we're getting. Uh, I would have loved to have retired uh, at UFC, but. You know, I just felt like I was getting iced out and I want to go where, you know, I'm going to have the opportunity to go and earn a paycheck for me and my family. Did they even offer you anything or was it just like, all right, we're going to part ways? They just kind of was just like silent, like, uh, can or can't like, oh, but then it's like, I, if I would have waited with UFC, I probably wouldn't fight till like June, July. Yeah. It's like, bro, I've been training, you know, even before the year ended, like I was training, like I wanted to fight January. I wanted to fight December you know how hard it is to fight on one paycheck once a year yeah you know it's like i i'm just like any normal human being i just i just want an opportunity to go to work earn my paycheck i felt like i deserved that you know i burned that right to you know i've I fought nothing but the best two weeks notice main event take a fight back to back in it take the fight you know it's like i've done everything for that company and i don't feel like they have my back in return and and, and giving me a, a favorable matchup I feel like anybody outside looking in is like, damn, why don't you give Jeremy a fucking favorable matchup? A Michael Johnson, a Cerrone, a Jim Miller, some somebody who's been around uh, as long as him. And like, let's see how I do that. You're giving me top, top beast, the fucking caters who's not knocking the, the guy with the biggest mouth out. You know, he's he's fucking moving up. Gamrot beast just fucking needs someone's rib back to <laughs> yeah. back to Brazil. You know, it's like these guys are fucking tough. They're world class. And that's all I do. And that's, I just wanted the equal opportunity to earn a paycheck like everybody else. 
Yeah, for for those that don't know, I mean, off off the top here, your last few fights: Gilbert Melendez, Duhu Choi, Josh Emmett, Jose Aldo, Zabit Magomed Sharipov, Yair Rodriguez, Yair Rodriguez, Calvin Cater, Mateusz Gamrot. I mean, you are right. That is a murderer's row right there, uh, and that's dating back, you know, five years. So. Uh, everything you're saying is 100% right. Uh, could I ask, just as an aside, how is your mom doing now? She's good. She's still kind of in the same situation. She needs this constant care. And that's like another thing. You know, when I don't have the money, I can't go back and see my mom. I can't earn money to get her the best care. And that's like, you know, that's why I show up and fight the way that I do because I'm like, I just got to express myself and, and put myself out there and, and win fights. And in order to win fights, you know, I need, I need that other paycheck to to take care of my family, take care of things, you know? And it's like, you can't do that getting iced out once a year. And I, I don't feel like I, I deserve that type of respect. So why you PFL? Know? Why did you uh, ultimately choose them? It's, um, it's a great organization. Um, fighters over there, the, the, the matchups, the potential, <clears throat> they're going to, they're going to pay me a little bit more than, than what UFC. And then I got a ch chance at a million dollars, which is doable, which I, I really love. Um, maybe go in there, win that million dollars. And, you know, I like the fact that they fight back to back, like month after month. Like mm -hmm. I, I'm not getting any younger. You guys know, I love to constantly be, be fighting. I don't like sitting and waiting for opponents six months down the road. I'd rather fight once every three months. You know, if I can keep doing that, win the million dollars. If, if they happen to do a 45, the very next one, if I'm fighting back to back, I know my weight's going to be great. I'll drop down and, and, and go steal the million dollars from the 45ers too. Uh -huh. Fuck. I'll even go up to 70. You know, it's like, there's opportunity out there and there's fights, there's matchups. And, uh, I even know Jake Paul's running around, you know, I, 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 I like that guy too. He's speaking up, he's talking shit about UFC fighters pay, talking to Dana, doing all the stuff that motherfuckers don't have the balls to do. I kind of love that. And that's a potential matchup out there. I think people would really love to see me and Jake Paul go at it. You know, uh, real talk. You know, it's because I'm I'm that guy. If he wants to box, guess what? We can box. You want to do bare knuckle? I'll do bare knuckle. You want to do MMA? I'm your fucking dude. Call me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So so your base pay with PFL because we know about the million dollars, but that base pay is is a is a pay grade over an upgrade over what you uh you were making at the ufc your last fight right a slight a slight one. all right a slight one so that's good you didn't have to take a pay that's time. a major i didn't get no big signing bonus no none of that none of that bullshit you all know right. just Did get a get a good opportunity and that's that's what i wanted i was just like you know what i'll take care of everything else and you know if i fight the back-to-back -back the way that i want to and the way that i'm gonna go i'm gonna i'm gonna earn it i'm gonna keep moving up and and uh so like I said, all the fans, the, the love and support, man, they're like, man, you've been action-packed. Like, that's crazy that UFC would even let you go. And it's like, ah, oh, man, I'm not, I'm not worried about that. Like, I still love fighting. I'm still passionate about all this. And uh, they're going to follow me over there. I know it. You know, it's so uh, people tune into my fights. When, when, you, when you watch, when, that's why I kicked off pay-per-views, the first fight in the main card, because they know we're bringing excitement. We're bringing violence and uh, keeping that human highlight real tape, keeping it going. Did, did you guys talk to anyone else or was it just PFL? Talked to a few others. Okay. There's options out there. Bellator yeah. one. Uh, I, I, you know, a lot of people talk about bare knuckle. I, I like the idea of bare knuckle, but honestly, I, I'd rather, uh, I want to fight in the MMA world. You know, that bare knuckle shit's kind of crazy. You know, <laughs> maybe, maybe towards the end, go to bare knuckle. Crazy for you. Possible good matchups. I feel like nothing's crazy. I saw when the news came out that you were parting ways and then before the PFL stuff came out, I saw a lot of people predicting that you would go the bare knuckle route. 
Did you seriously consider it? I think people just think like I'm a violent man. Yes, I don't that's know. Why, that's why I don't like, think it's too crazy for you, if I'm being honest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, shit. There's Chad Mendez. I, you know, I always, yeah. I always wanted to bust his head up uh, too because he's part of the Alpha Males. You know, right. like I like them. They're all cool guys and stuff. I always thought those were like potential matchups. I know he's over there, and uh, I'm open for it. But I, I, I like the MMA. I'm still in love with it. Uh, putting on them gloves and, and and performing that way. It's there's always options. You know, I love fighting, no matter if it's boxing, stand up, whatever, wherever, whenever. I love it. You didn't consider calling it a career after the UFC stuff didn't materialize. Calling it like retiring? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, nah, you know, in the gym, I've had so much growth. Like I've been growing in the gym. I've been like at these points too, you know, where I've, I've had up and downs. I haven't had the, the prettiest career in the UFC. It's always been up and down, but you're tuning in. Sometimes in the gym, I'm like getting really good in the fight things just happen, you know, decisions, whatever, kind of lose. But then, like, later on, that gym stuff comes up in a fight or two down the road. Like, I, I see get myself getting better. I'm getting healthier. I'm getting wiser. I feel like I was watching Man in the Arena, the Tom Brady, the efficiency, the the, the smart training, like, doing it all. And I still feel good. And I, my, my body feels great. My mind feels amazing. Uh, and I, I enjoy going out there and putting on performances. That's what I train for. I train very hard. I, I, I train smart. I'm always healthy. I mean, that's why I've had 34 UFC fights and, 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 and been around the game so long is my longevity, my, my ability to keep my, my body healthy, my passionate heart towards fighting. It's, a, it's just a good mix. And I see myself growing in the PFL and, and really making a huge comeback where people are like, fuck, bro. I kind of want to have that chip on my shoulders like, man, we should not have let that motherfucker go. Like Everybody's going to be passing around the phone showing that highlight knockout because – I'm going to do it. You know, mark my words, come April, come May, people are getting knocked out. It's just a show goes on and a, and a different show. You know, it's a different organization. And I'm looking to bring the heat and, and bring those uh, fans that, that have been following me around for all these years and all that love and support. I, I can't wait to just go in there and, and get my win. It's been a long time coming. By the way, uh, many moons ago, uh, you fought a guy named Anthony Pettis, close fight, split decision. He's over there as well. Any talks of the rematch between you guys it's a definitely a potential matchup but i seen anthony pettis at the ufc you know we were hanging shaking hands but honestly bro he looked fat and out of shape his 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 uh cheeks look like cheeseburgers that that boy's <laughs> looking like he's getting paid too much you know uh-huh. uh so i would love to run that back with anthony last time I, I turned him into a wrestler he just wanted to wrestle me up the whole time and we were in a different place in space at that time i think now we can bring a lot more uh violence and action packed and uh I'm going to be in better shape than that boy. Trust me. I, I seen him. He's, he's eating, he's eating too good. Okay. Interesting. Um, when, can I ask when you look back at your run in the UFC, what was your favorite fight? Your favorite moment? A lot to choose from 34. Anything? Man, I always say it was my next one. You know, I, I, I never really had one. I always say my next one, you know, now looking back at all those, those moments and those highlights, it's all wrapped up into a big compilation for me, bro. Just the head kick knockout in Brazil, the fucking uh, uppercut of Dos Anjos. You know, people are still looking for his head. It's crazy. <laughs> the body bags that I put Josh Emmett in. And, you know, I'm a fan of Josh Emmett, dude. I, I saw Cynthia Calvillo the other day, and I watched him fight at that same event that I ran into Pettis at the UFC. And I seen Josh just go in there and whoop up on Dan Ige, and I was, like, sitting back like, dude, I'm a fucking fan of Josh Emmett. Like, Wow. Like, look at this guy. Like, I thought he was done. I thought I ruined his career. 
You know, I thought, you know, like Duho Choi, my coach said, he's like, hey, that kid's either going to come back and be world champion or you fucked his career up. And it seemed like we messed his career up. He's just never the same after that. But Josh Emmett, dude, I'm a fan. The way that he's came back, went through the adversity, uh, the humiliation that he's had to, like, watch and the, see what he's doing. Like, that, like, inspires me. It's like, well, if he can do it, like, shit, I can do it, too. Revive, baby, revive. Uh, I remember a couple of years ago when I was at ESPN, we had this really interesting conversation. You were very honest and open about your life and getting back on track and all the stuff that you've dealt with. How, how are, I know you talked a bit about your mom and that would affect anyone. I could certainly understand as a mama's boy myself, but how is everything else going? Do you feel like you're in a good spot mentally? Is your family in a good spot? You're very open with your feelings, and I think that's what endears people to you. And so I was just curious as a follow-up from that conversation. I think you remember you were outside when we spoke. Um, how are things going now a couple of years later? Good, man. Very, very good. I'm in a very good mental place and space. And uh, financially, you know, it's been it's been hard, you know, being, being iced out for, you know, fighting once a year. You know, I'd, I'd love to stay definitely busier. I'm not going to make excuses or, or bad mouth the UFC. If it wasn't for UFC and uh, Dana White personally, you know, always having my back, I wouldn't be on the platform. But like, I got me to thank for that. It's all my hard work that I've done over the years, the blood, the sweat, the tears. I'm just in, I'm just in gratitude, man. The fans that I've collected, the, you know, getting on your show and, and uh, being in there with the mix of the names, it's, it's mind blowing. It's crazy. I'm very happy with like what I've done and looking back, I'm, I'm, I'm just more grateful. You know, and I'm now I'm looking to, like I said, you know, just a man like you. I'm really looking forward to earning a paycheck with PFL and, and, and boosting myself up to to uh, making it a, a Cinderella story. You know, come back. That would be a, an awesome story. 34 fights, UFC. He was kind of down in the dumps. Now he comes over to the PFL, turns his life around. My big bro, Anthony Johnson, he got cut from the UFC. He, he turned his career uh, around. And that's what I'm looking to do. I'm inspired by those types of people turning around. And uh, that million dollars is going to look real fucking nice when it's in my bank account. Yeah, I know you mentioned the who the F is that guy thing, and that could have defined you. I don't think it defines you. Like, you could have let that define you, and I like the way you handle it. Like, you just kind of joke about it. But no one rem- – like, that's a, that's a blip, but no one associates you. That's not your defining moment. That's not who you are. I think people like to joke about that, but I think the way you handled it with kind of a smile and didn't let it get you and drive you crazy um, was a really smart thing to do. And now – I mean, I don't, I don't see anyone associating you with that moment. So in case you were worried about it, I, I mean, it doesn't seem like you're yes. worried about it, but it, it, it was just, you know, one of those things. But I don't think it is what people think of when they think of you and your time in the UFC. Yeah, no, not exactly. I think a lot of people, too, they like that quote that I said, you know, it's like this guy TKOs people. When I knock people out, they don't fucking move. You know, that's pretty cold and bold statement. A lot of people yeah. say that, you know, and it, it doesn't bother me, man. These guys are MMA fans. It's crazy in there, you know, like, especially in America and you're in MMA. They're booing you one minute. They're loving you the next. You know, the, what can you really do to me? You're going right. to you're gonna say, who the fuck is that guy? You know, it's like, yeah. I just told you with shit with my mom, finances. Right. Dude, like, I've been through this shit. It's like, bro, I can get here butt-ass naked. Like, judge me. Like, go ahead. Like, hi. There's nothing you can do. You're not going to break me. I, like I told you when I fought that MMA, I was like, I'm unbreakable. I, if I if I get knocked down, I'm getting back up. I'm going to keep coming. That's the, that's that mindset, that never give up, you know, never die attitude. Just always keep pressing forward, making the changes, making the adjustments. And uh, I learned that from baseball growing up. You know, you got to have a short memory. A new pitch is coming, a new play is coming. Stay ready. If you drop the ball, maybe on to the next play, you know. Mm. 
And uh, that's how I roll. Last thing before I let you go, do you know when your debut for PFL is? No, I'm thinking end of April. I think okay. there's something going on. I'd like to say end of April. I don't have a date, none okay. of that. Uh, just stay tuned and thanks for the love. And you don't know your opponent yet, right? No, sir. Okay. One nice thing also, you get sponsors back. Yes. That is good. So that adds to the banking. Yeah, that's very right? good. Yeah. And, I, and uh, I, you know, I already got a sponsor, Trinidad Construction. My boy, Brian Ortiz, you know, he's uh, he's from Chicago area, which is close to the Midwest, a really hardworking construction company. He's got a great story. Uh, we just linked up and, hey, I love that. I love the fact that I get my my businesses back, all my friends, the the, the relationships, you know, the, like the guys at Venom and Reebok, I, I, I never knew who they were. They were just dumping me 20 grand, but I'm like, I never... You know, it's like good to kind of have that that relationship, you know, those dinners that you go out with people, the meet and greets, you know, it's like I have that relationship with them. So it's like it's more personal and you're, you're proud to uh, wear someone's logo and, and that you're you're out representing them. You know, that's, that's that's very good to have back. I'm very excited about that. Well, very happy for you. Congratulations, Jeremy, on the new deal. Congrats on a great run in the UFC. Not a lot of people. I think I read some stat. I think it's fourth most fights. In, uh, in UFC history. So not a lot of people can say that they had 30-plus fights inside the octagon. That's, I mean, just an amazing accomplishment. You should be very proud of that. Good luck in the upcoming season with the PFL. I think it's a fantastic signing. You're the perfect kind of guy for them, uh, you know, all-action type of guy. You're going to sell the fight. So well done on their part. Well done on your part. Good luck to you. Looking forward to your debut in April. And thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Hey, thank you, man. Best and I would ever do it, baby. That's tell Jake Paul I said hello. I will. I'll tell him in a bit. Thank you, Jeremy. All the best to you. There All he right, is, brother. Lil Heathen, the newest member of the PFL roster, and I think a great, a great addition uh, for their organization. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Organization, uh, a recognizable name, an all-action fighter, an entertaining fighter, a fun interview. Uh, these are the kinds of guys that uh, that they need. And now, of course, uh, last win was against Josh Emmett, the aforementioned Josh Emmett win back in February of 2018. He has fought a murderer's row, but he's got some big names on that record. Remember that three-fight stretch? Gilbert Melendez... UFC 215 win, Duhu Choi. That was a really big win for him in January of 2018. Coincidentally, in St. Louis as well. And the Josh Emmett win. Uh, but prior to that, had the win over Hennon Burrell. Uh, has a win over Dennis Bermudez. Remember that at UFC 189? July of 2015, uh, excuse me. Um, that great card. 
That was an amazing fight, one of the best fights of the year. Darren Elkins. Danny Downs. Wow, I haven't thought of the name Danny Downs in a long time. Legend. Uh, Marcus Davis. Justin Buckholz. I mean, on and on it goes. Cole Miller. Uh, he's had a great career, and I am looking forward to his debut. That's a great signing for the PFL, a really good signing for them. So uh, looking forward to that, and congrats to him on a great run in the UFC. Now, speaking of the PFL... Uh, and this isn't necessarily, again, it's like last week with Jimmy Smith and Bobby. I didn't plan it this way, but sometimes it works out this way. Uh, our next guest is uh, one of the voices of the PFL. However, I will admit not the reason why he is on the program. I was thinking of Randy Couture a lot. Um, of course, absolute legend, one of the greatest ever. Uh, you can make a very strong case that he should be on the Mount Rushmore of influential faces and names in the history of this sport. I was thinking about him a lot. In the aftermath of the Francis Ngannou situation, I know there's a lot of new fans out there who may not remember October and November of 2007, but there are a ton of similarities between what Francis Ngannou is going through and saying right now to what he went through and said back in 2011. Excuse me, 2007. 2007, if my math is correct, that's 13, 14. That's six. Is that 16 years ago? Something like that. 15, 14. 14, 15. I can't do the math, but that's a, a long damn time ago. I was just a neophyte in this sport, but I remember it very well. And so I wanted to get his thoughts on what's going on with Francis, reminisce a little bit. And he, uh, he has a very busy schedule doing a whole bunch of stuff, movies and whatnot, but he's kind enough to join us. So without further ado, let's say hello to the legend, the natural Randy Couture. There he is. Randy, how are you, my friend? Long time no see. Good, Ariel. How are you, bud? Great to see you. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's it's always great. It's always an honor, a privilege to talk to you. First, before we get into all the uh, the business stuff, you know, we we recall a couple years ago the heart issue. Are you all good? Everything good? You know, in the aftermath of that? Yeah, hundred percent. Absolutely, hundred uh, percent. Genetic issue. I have very thick blood. Have to stay on top of that and keep dumping, you know, dumping blood. Unfortunately, I was stationed in Germany in the eighties. Uh, they won't take my blood at a blood bank, so I have to use a phlebotomist and oh my. And keep keep my blood level normal. So other than that, I'm hundred percent cleared. I can do whatever I want. I've been training. I've been, you know, obviously just finished Expendables four, uh, in the middle of, uh, the bell keeper right now. That's, that's hence the yes. crazy beard. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but all 100% cleared physically, absolutely. Okay, that is great to hear. And that's crazy about Germany because because you, you were born in Germany or like why won't they take your blood? No, stationed over there. I was oh. stationed over there in the army and so for years. Why won't they take your in, blood? In the 80s. Uh, could have been exposed to mad cow and I guess they don't have a test for that. So they don't want to put my blood into the blood pool oh. if there's potential for mad cow being there, which I think would have showed up by now. Yeah, but, uh, it's like 40 evidently, they don't have a test uh, to determine whether you've been exposed to that or not. So they okay. just won't take the blood. Wow, that is fascinating. Okay, so like I said before you came on, I was thinking about you and your story a lot. And, uh, you know, there are a lot of new fans and a lot of fans don't remember 2007. But I'm wondering for you, and there's many different interesting angles and connections to this story. Of course, Francis trains at Extreme Couture, for goodness sake. But when you were seeing all of this play out, did it remind you of what you went through back in 2007? Yes, it, it, it seemed uh, very familiar to me. Um, and obviously, you know, I think you have Jake Paul on today's show as well. You know, here's a guy who's, who's, uh, you know, become very famous on YouTube and doing these crossover fights from, from MMA to boxing. It's interesting the, the opponents he chooses to pick. <laughs> um, but if it takes, you know, somebody who, 
is going to run their mouth and and do all these extracurricular activities to poke Dana White and shine a light on the disparaging difference between pay in boxing and pay in mixed martial arts, then I'll get behind a guy like Jake Paul. Uh, I'm not a fan of the publicity stunts and all that other stuff. As I think most people know, my style was, you know, to let my talking happen in the cage. Um, but, uh, you know, I think this is something that's important. Uh, fighters deserve a transparent marketplace where they can figure out what their value is in the marketplace and negotiate a fair deal and get their fair share of the revenues that come in from each and every event in our sport. And that's not happening at this point. I'm curious if you have a relationship with Francis and if in this process he has asked you about what you went through and your take on what he is going through. Yeah, I'm, I'm obviously part of the team, uh, albeit a smaller part of the team these days because of my schedule. Uh, but, you know, I've talked to Eric Nixick and, and Dennis Davis and, and Ryan and, and see Dewey Cooper in there all the time. See, you know, got on the mat a couple of times in the last couple of years with Francis as he's working on his wrestling skills and, and trying to help him a little bit. Um, I've talked more to the Eric about the situation that I have Francis personally, but uh, you know, it's, it's a very similar situation. You know, I wasn't happy with the contract, the, how restricted they are. Um, obviously a big fight for me was trying to find a way to make the Fedor Emelianenko fight happen, um, which caused, a major rift in, in the relationship with myself and Zufa. Uh, they weren't being forthright and honest about the pay, about what I was being paid about, you know, the, the, the use of independent contractor uh, contracts outside the public purview, the contract that goes through the athletic commissions. There's a lot of ways they use their money to keep those top echelon guys. And I was fortunate enough to be one of those top echelon guys for a little while to keep them, quiet to keep them happy by feeding them money under the table. that doesn't show up in the public purview. Obviously the company wasn't very happy with me uh, when I highlighted some of this stuff back in 06 and 07 and the way fighters were being treated, signing away their ancillary rights and a whole bunch of different things. I notice all those action figures you have up there on your account. A lot of those fighters would not be able to do those action figures if they didn't have their ancillary rights or they'd have to get the UFC's permission to be able to do them, which, which of course is we're going to require the UFC to get their little piece right. of that. And uh, I wrote a book, I, you know, all these things that I was able to do transitioning to film and all this other stuff because I fought for my ancillary rights. And a lot of the guys back then didn't even understand, nor did I, I had management at that time, Sam Spira, uh, you know, Jeremy Lappin, uh, Peter Levin, guys that educated me on what an ancillary right was. I, you know, I've been a wrestler my whole life. wasn't exactly entrenched in the business world or the entertainment world. So, knowing what that contract held, what what a championship clause is, what a you know, a, a lot of these clauses and this is a seventeen page contract that's a nightmare. Mm. I mean, and this doesn't even compare to the one they're making these guys sign. That the Ultimate Fighter you know, obviously involved in the first four seasons of the ultimate fighter and, and several of my athletes, Nate Corey, you know, Chris Lieben, others that signed those contracts. And you want to see a horrible contract, a one-sided mess. Take a look at one of those contracts. It's pretty, pretty horrible, but uh, we want to fight. This is what we love to do. And we're willing to give up some of those things 
in order to to do what we love to do. Are you surprised that something like again? I rewatched that press conference um, a few days ago, and it's amazing. If you you know the footage is a little grainier, but you know you tell me you tell me that that press conference is happening in 2021, 2022, and I believe you. It's a lot of the same stuff that are still being discussed. Are you surprised that this is still the same stuff that is you know plaguing the fighters? Yeah, you know I think that in my mind it seems like an easy thing for us to do is organize and unite and and as a, a united front we as we as fighters are the commodity. Without fighters, there is no show. But fighters are very egocentric. That's what makes us good at what we do. We don't sometimes look at the big picture. We don't recognize that we're building brands every time we step up in that cage. These are light bulbs that went off for me as I was, as I was progressing through my career and recognizing that I had an opportunity in a very short window to make this kind of money. You know, and, and I had to take care of that money and make sure I could propagate you know, this brand that I'm building while I'm able physically to walk up in that cage and do what we do. Uh, that's going to carry me down the road and allow me some existence uh, not getting punched in the face uh, after I retire, after I walk away from the sport. And I think that's what it boils down to is the fighters are very egocentric. They don't look at the big picture. Sometimes they don't see themselves that way. A lot of times we're, we're arrogant, honestly, like, Oh, it'll never happen to me. And unfortunately it is going to happen to a lot of us if we don't take care of this opportunity and this window that we have. I know this is somewhat of a broad question, but I'd love like, what is your take on the Francis situation right now? What, what, like your, your, your assessment of how this is playing out, your take on how he's handling it, how they're handling it. It's a li- the, the, the main difference I think between his situation and yours is you had two fights left on your deal when you made that, you know, yeah. announcement. He doesn't, but he has the champions clause, but he says that the term is going to end at the end of this year. Uh, you, I recall saying at the press conference that you had, uh, I think 18, no, nine months left on your term, or maybe it was 18 months, something yeah. like that. They disputed that, but those two fights, I think were a big difference, right? So your assessment of what's going on with him right now. Well, it's interesting that they let him fight out yeah. his contract because right. in essence, it gives him some leverage. If they want to keep their heavyweight champion, they're going to have to give give some ground. They're going to have to give him some things in this contract. Otherwise, he's going to be a free agent and able to go and fight wherever he wants to go to Bellator, go to PFL, go, go wherever he wants to go. And they lose their current heavyweight champion, which is a kind of a big black eye, in my opinion, to them. So that they've, they've let him have this power by letting him fight his contract out and not forcing him to negotiate a new deal. The champion's clause was only going to take them so far. That's an automatic clause. If he's the champ, when he his term ends, they can extend his contract for a year. And I think there's probably a couple of fights, two or three fights left in that, added in that champion's clause. So, and then, you know, it becomes determining when that clock started. When he signed that contract, did the clock start or did it start when he fought that first fight, which was probably a number of months after that? Mm. Uh, that that's for legal teams and lawyers and, and uh, adjudicators to figure out. And that's the problem. These guys have endless. Well, not endless, but a lot of money. They'll, they'll drag Francis into court and, and try and bleed him of, of the money that he has accrued, uh, accrued through his fighting. And at some point you have to make a decision on what you want to do. This is what happened with me. I was fighting to try and make that Bador fight happen, spending a lot of my own money fighting the injunctions and the things they were trying to do to keep me from executing what I saw in the the language of the contract. 
and be able to go somewhere else and make the fight happen because they couldn't come up and come to terms with M1 Global, who was kind of representing Fedor. And uh, Francis is going to find himself in a very similar situation. If he tries to walk away and say the contract ended here, they're going to they're going to contest that. They're going to drag him into court, going to force him to spend a bunch of money on lawyers and stuff that he's not going to want to do. And, and he's going to have to at some point really make a decision, unfortunately, whether he wants to walk back, you know, stop spending money on lawyers and legal issues and go back to doing what he loves to do, which is fight. It's a shame to be in that situation. Is that ultimately why you came back and, and took the Brock Lesnar fight just because you were bleeding money and couldn't? Keep Absolutely. Up do you regret that? Absolutely. No, I, I wanted to fight. At the end of the day, I'm a fighter. Yes, I wanted to take a stand for myself, for my family, for what was best in, in my financial interest, in my future. And I wanted to be considered the number one athlete in the world. And that meant fighting Fedor Emelianenko. Everyone had him ranked as one and me as two. As a fighter, that's the guy I want to fight. And I'm sure Francis would feel the same way. At the end of the day, we're fighters. This is what we love. This is our passion. We want to be able to do this. But what's fair is to create some transparency in this sport you know, gain the protections of the Muhammad Ali Act. That's why boxers have the transparency and know their market value and can negotiate the fair price in the marketplace for what's going on. Why guys like Floyd Mayweather make, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars off of one fight. Guy like Jake Paul can, can make more money in one, one of those crossover boxing matches than any mixed martial artist has ever made. That's not fair. That's not real. Now, let's be honest. The world isn't fair. Mm. Though it's up to us as, as fighters to unite, to come together. The MMAFA has been, I've been a voice for them and working with them for a long time to get the Ali Act amended. Obviously, there's a, a core group of those guys in the MMAFA that are, are named plaintiffs in the class action suit uh, against the USA for, UFC for their business practices. That's another potential way, a longer play, certainly, certainly to get the business practices changed and create the transparency that we all want. Uh, wanted to play you a, a clip from that press conference back in. When's the last time you saw it? By the way, when's the last time you watched this? I I saw it when it happened. Honestly, really I, happened? I, uh, it's amazing. It, yeah, it's a real. It's one of those things. That, it takes you back, right? I mean, you yeah. don't really want to relive it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just. It was a tough time. There was a lot going on for me at that time. Um, you know, between marital issues at that time and then wanting to continue to pursue my craft as the clock was ticking. I mean, I was 44 years old coming to the end, you know, seeing the light at the end of the tunnel in my ability to compete at that level. So uh, there was a lot going on for me at that time, for sure. So um, when I rewatched it, because Francis was on my show last Monday, and it was a very revealing and honest interview, I thought, and I give him a lot of props for his courage to speak up like this, because you know how tough it is when you're the UFC heavyweight champion. I mean, there's, 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 there's a lot riding on that. Anyway, he said something, and then I watched your press conference. I was like, wow, this is exactly what Francis said. This is what you said back in November of 2007. Everybody's trying to make a big deal out of the money, and this was never a money issue. It's been a prevailing feeling of respect that wasn't being given for 11 years of my life I've spent trying to represent this sport with integrity, represent this sport in a particular way um, for the owners before and the owners now. And I've never felt like that was appreciated. 
he almost said the same thing verbatim because I asked him, what's the number? What's the price? And he said, it's not about the price. It's about the respect. It's about the freedom. It's about those things in the contract. And so I, I, I was wondering if maybe this came from your conversations with him or if it's just really the same story being told all over again, except this time he doesn't have fights left as opposed to you having two fights left. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think it's the same story. I haven't had this conversation with Francis. Like I said, I've talked to Eric and yeah. obviously I'm well aware of, of the situation that, that Francis finds himself in. I see the similarities and the parallels for, for sure from what was going on with me back then. And I just don't think it's changed. I haven't had uh, an honest conversation with Francis about all of this. I have talked to Eric and, and Francis's team about it. Yeah. Uh, so some of that may have been disseminated to Francis, but I haven't direct, directly talked to him. So what he said, it, it came from his heart and how he feels. Um, I don't know if you saw last week, but he said that uh, when they were on their way to the arena, he fought, you know, two Saturdays ago, his, his team was sent uh, an email, um, a subpoena, essentially, that, uh, you know, they're having these talks, allegedly, according to the UFC and um, you know, uh, like a lawyer letter. I don't know the technical term, but it was like literally as they're going to the arena, which to me doesn't seem like the best time to do something like that as your athlete's about to fight. Uh, but I know how this business goes. Were you surprised when you heard that they did that? Honestly, I, I wasn't surprised. This is classic uh, Zufa and, and Dana White. You know, at the end of the day, they, they don't want Francis to have that power. They would have been much happier if, if Francis would have lost that fight, I think that's what they expected to happen. And, and uh, I think Dana White can say whatever he wants, but he didn't show up in that cage to put that belt around his heavyweight champion. He didn't show up to the post-fight press conference. And there's a reason for that. And he can say whatever he wants, but it's because he was sincerely hoping that Francis would not win that fight and he wouldn't have to deal with Francis. He would see Francis being cut right now but Francis is still the champ and still holding that strap. They got to deal with him. Um, if you could play back 2007, 2008, is there something that you wish you would have done differently? I, I just asked you if you regretted coming back. You said, no, you're a fighter. But was there something earlier in the process you wish you would have, you know, zigged instead of zagged? Uh, no, I think everything unfolded and happened the way it happened. There's, you know, I, uh, and that's usually the way it goes. Yeah, it would have been nicer to, to you know, see fighters get behind me in, in that push to change the contracts. That was the downside. I raised hell and, and created a, a problem for them. And the, the ramifications of that were they closed a lot of the loopholes that I pointed out in, in how I saw the contract. And, and the contracts became worse after me opening my mouth which I, you know, I was trying to do what was best for me. I didn't get any support from any of the other fighters. I think if we'd have united then, we might not be in the situation we're in now. We may have, you know, been able to create a fighters association, create some minimum standards and, and minimum, you know, minimums for us as fighters, healthcare, you know, retirement packages, a lot of the things that professional athletes and a lot of other sports enjoy, but that didn't happen. So here we are, you know, 14 years later, and, and we're still talking about the same issues. Do you have any hope that the UFC fighters will ever create an association like this to have a seat at the table, to have a collective voice, to have a pension, to have that health care? 
Do you, do you foresee that? Because I have to be honest, there have been time, and the MMAFA, which does a great job, which I know you're a part of, is a little bit different, right? It's it's not trying to get the UFC fighters together who are under contract right now and the retired fighters. Yeah. I, I have lost hope that this is going to happen. I don't necessarily blame the fighters. I know it's tough to speak out when you're working for someone you don't want to get blackballed. It's, it's an easy thing for me to talk about. Yeah. I feel for them. I really do. Do you think this comes in the next 10, 5, 10, 15, 20 years? Yes, I, I do. I think one way or the other, we're going to continue to push and, and try and get that transparency that we're all looking for. And I think there's a couple ways that happens. I think, yes, the Fighters Association makes a lot of sense. We're all 1099 independent contractors, so union model doesn't work. And you can look up on the on the uh, MMAFA website today, I believe Rob Macy posted why a union, the union model doesn't work for, for mixed martial arts uh, and for fighters uh, today. And it's a very, very good in-depth explanation of, of what does work and what won't work and why it won't work. But uh, I think there, there's the MMAFA coming together or a fighters association coming together for the sport, not just the UFC across the board. We, we unite, uh, we create some minimum criteria for the way fighters are paid and treated we try to create that transparency that is in boxing uh, exists because of the Muhammad Ali Act that was formed in 1996 to protect boxers from promoters like Bob Arum and Don King because uh, fighters were being taken advantage of pretty severely in boxing. And, you know, everybody hates to see those horror stories where these champions in their sport are now down and out, broke, no money. You know, didn't take care of those funds when they had the opportunity to and, and literally going to these crazy autograph signings and stuff just to, to make ends meet. It's, it's a, a horrific thing to watch, but it's it's the reality of the situation. So um, I think there's a, obviously a, the Ollie Act being amended uh, is the other thing. The class action lawsuit is the longer play, you know. I think they've done all the affidavits. They, they've been classified or, or designated as a class. Uh, that's probably going to take another couple of years to unwind that, but that will force the UFC at least to change their business practices if that's successful. Getting the Ollie Act amended is a shorter play. It's a no-brainer. Um, why shouldn't we enjoy the same transparency and, and lack of restrictive contracts that boxers enjoy and have enjoyed since they were protected by that federal legislation? In all the other combative sports, not just MMA, there's a lot of grappling tournaments and a lot of pay-per-view grappling and different other combative, individual combative sports that could use that protection under the Muhammad Ali Act as well. That's a shorter play and certainly something that I see happening sooner or later. Um, so there's three three ways there. The class action, the, the amendment to the Ali Act, and just us as fighters on the front lines. And it takes guys like Francis, those top tier guys that are, you know, have the potential to make those six figure contracts uh, in, in fighting. There aren't very many of them, uh, but if those guys are willing to put that on the line to change the sport and we unite as a, as a group of fighters and develop and demand these minimum criteria, then I think the sport changes and for the better for the athletes. You have actually gone to Washington. You, you have, you know, put your money where your mouth is. You've gone on the front lines. Why? Like, it's crazy to me that there's this thing called the Muhammad Ali Act for boxing, and they completely ignore MMA, and there's no push 
right now it seems within Washington to, 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 to help the MMA fighters when this sport is just as mainstream, if not more mainstream than boxing at this point. It's on ESPN. It's on every freaking channel. What was the se- I know this was several years ago now, and there was a different president who was friends with the president of the UFC, and that might have made things a little bit tricky as well. The sentiment that you got when you were over there, why is there no sort of you know rush, was or like any sort of need well, or push to make this happen? The, the truth is we had over 60 sponsors for the amendment, HR 44, um, which is the amendment to the Muhammad Ali Act and basically changing the definition from boxing to combative sports athlete. And then there's some you know, things that are indigenous to boxing that would have to be reworded too because they talk about rounds and mm-hmm. things like that. And obviously the rounds in, in our sport and other combative sports are different than they are in boxing. But it's a very simple thing to change. And the UFC at last count had spent about $3 million lobbying against getting the Muhammad Ali Act amended. Uh, They got it thrown out of energy and commerce, thrown into education. Now, I I thought that that was a a great job by the lobbyists. We were almost ready for a vote and to get it voted in Congress. And then it would go to Senate to be passed after that. Got it thrown out of of that committee. Um, and thrown over to edge education, the education committee. So basically we had to start all over again with the sponsors and the door knocking on all the other stuff we did. Um, I didn't realize that part of the Muhammad Ali act in its original form went through ed education, the education committee. I thought they were just stonewalling us, getting us thrown out of energy and commerce. Um, both of those committees are the committees that passed the original Muhammad Ali act. So it's going to take both of those committees to amend that federal legislation. I think we'll get there, but I think we're going to continue to push and continue to unite as fighters. Uh, Obviously getting the amendment is the shorter play. Uniting as fighters is the short play. We could do that within a year, create, you know, health insurance for these guys, same as USA wrestling does or any of the other national governing bodies, those athletes by getting that membership card, have a, a minimal insurance that covers them in that card from training and competing and getting injured. Uh, just that alone, I think, would unite a lot of the fighters because most of us don't have any kind of insurance. So um, there, there are a couple ways this goes down, but I, I think it's going to go down at some point. Uh, how do you think the situation with Francis plays out? I mean, if you could look into a crystal ball, what, what are you predicting? I, I think at the end of the day, Francis is a fighter. He wants to fight. This is He's, he's had a, a very interesting story coming all the way from Sierra Leone through, through Paris and, and making his way to the U S you know, literally homeless uh, on a couple of occasions. Uh, and now here he is at the top of the heap and, and the best, you know, pound for pound, one of the best fighters in the world, certainly the heavyweight division uh, is paying notice to Francis. So at the end of the day, I think that's what he wants to do. I don't think he wants to get involved in all this legal crap and, and, all of that, but at the end of the day, right is right, and he's willing to stand up and use his voice. I don't see him giving up, giving giving in. Um, it's going to be interesting how it plays out. I know, you know, like I said, they're going to drag him into court, trying to get him to spend as much money as they can get him to spend, and put that pressure on him that way, and get him to fold, get him to give it up, and just go back to fighting. It'll, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, two last things, and I'll let you go again. Thank you for the time, the insight. It's uh, you know. You're a legend, and uh, you know we appreciate you very much. Um, I was going to ask, like, does it bother you? You know, I spoke to Rampage about this recently, and I was asking if it, you know, you butt heads with the 
the big promotion and you kind of get forgotten about. And I think MMA does the worst job of any sport of honoring its legends, of bringing you guys out. And I know it's different in your situation, but like, does it annoy you? Does it bother you? Does it hurt you that if you butt heads with these guys, you know, you're essentially forgotten about. You're erased from the history books. Tito said this recently in his situation, obviously a very tricky one too, but it does feel as time yeah. goes on, the people who made this sport what it is, the ones who were fighting when there was no money at all in random places, aren't honored like they should be honored. And as sports like baseball and basketball and football who bring out the legends all the time to the big events, you know, we see that all the time. It doesn't happen in our sport. And that bothers me. I'm wondering if it bothers you. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm so focused on all the other stuff that I have going on that's positive in my life. I don't have time to, to dwell on those, those nitpicky little negative things yet, you know, the stats are the stats and they've been whitewashed from the record books. Uh, you know, if you're going to see a highlight reel, it's probably a me getting punched or kicked in the face. It's not going to be a, a glorious situation where I'm winning a fight or getting a belt put around my waist. That's just how it is. That's how they play. They've done it to Chuck Tito. I mean, you could almost go down the list. You mentioned Rampage. I mean, anybody who's chirped, anybody who's tried to buck the system a little bit and try to get a little bit for themselves is squashed and whitewashed from, from everything that they can be. So it's just the way it is. It doesn't bother me. Yeah, I don't, you know, it's not fair, but like we said already, life isn't yeah. fair. That's, that's the way the world works sometimes. And lastly, on a positive note, what about the state of Extreme Couture? I couldn't be a bigger fan of Eric Nixick. I love the way he conducts himself, the way he is so loyal to his uh, fighters and the whole team over there. I know your son's still very much involved, but uh, we've seen from the, the opening of the gym, like the gym has gone through some ups and downs. Right now it's enjoying a great up. Absolutely. How do you feel about what's going on at the gym and in particular the work of uh, the head coach, Eric Nixick? Well, Eric's an amazing guy. Here's a guy that came from a football background you know, had, had a father as a coach and learned a lot, was paying attention and, and has translated a lot of that coaching knowledge. Some, some, you know, all football is a combative sport. It's not in the same realm as MMA, but he's just done an amazing job of running a, a tight ship, creating that family atmosphere in there. Uh, Cause that's, that's what we are. A big family, you know, Dennis Davis, an amazing job uh, as a coach, the amateur team and the group that he works with and, and all the fighters that he works with as well. And then obviously Ryan, my son is running the gym. Now I, I signed the gym over to him last year and, and he's just done a great job dealing with COVID and all the other restrictions and everything else going on and keeping the team together. They've created a, a new atmosphere in there and, a, and, a, and that new fighter world that guys can flourish. You can come to extreme couture. It's a great facility. You've got great coaching great partners and, and you have the ability to flourish there. And I think Francis, Misha, and so many other athletes do such a great job in there and they highlight what we're all about. And I'm very proud of them. Great to hear that. And congrats uh, to the entire team and to you on all the success. Thank you for the time as always. Randy, next movie that's coming out, which is it? Uh, coming out. That's a good question. The post-production process yes. is, a, is a night. <laughs> It'd be like a year later. It'll probably right? be, a, be a year later for Expendables 4, I'm sure. Um, the bell keepers, the kind of supernatural thriller I'm working on right now. And that'll be done here in a couple of weeks, but how long it takes them to turn around right. um, and get the EG and the color correct and the sound and all that stuff lined out so they can put it out is, is another question. So I don't know which one will be coming out next. I had a very busy year, five movies last year. Wow. And I'm looking at three more 
this year. So definitely uh, more than I've ever done and, and having a blast doing it. PFL again this year? Yes, sir. Absolutely. They added eight shows. The Contender Series starts up February 18th. Eight weeks in a row, we'll get, give out eight new contracts or developmental contracts for the next season of the PFL, which starts in April. I love it. I love it. Randy, thank you for the time. Appreciate your insight, as always. Thanks for all that you do for the uh, the fighters and still fighting for them. It's uh, it's very appreciated here, and uh, I really appreciate you coming on in the midst of filming another movie. So uh, much respect, my friend, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Ariel. Appreciate you, man. Be well. All right. There he is. Wow, what a legend. It's always an honor for me. I know there are a lot of new fans, but please, uh, you know, please understand when I tell you that guy, I mean... The stuff that guys like Randy did, the stuff that he um, went through, the battles that he fought, putting himself out there. Go look up. Go type in Randy Couture press conference on YouTube after hearing the stuff that Francis has been talking about. It's very remnant. That was a crazy time in the sports history. Crazy time because, you know, he, he was the heavyweight champion. He comes back out of retirement. He beats Tim Sylvia in one of the all-time great moments in, in UFC history. He then beats Gabriel Gonzaga. It was supposed to be, well, it was Gonzaga Krokop. It was supposed to be Krokop versus Randy. That was the big money fight, Krokop coming over from Pride. He beats Krokop, and then uh, there are some issues, and he essentially announces that he wants to walk away, that he was disappointed that they couldn't sign the Fyodor Emelianenko fight. And he holds this press conference at the, at the time, relatively new Extreme Couture. Everyone's covering it live. He's working with Mark Cuban and HGNet to make the fight happen. Affliction gets involved. They make the poster, all that stuff. And they're doing a face-off in the, uh, they're doing like a video shoot. He does the, the, the press conference. Just a fascinating time if you go back and watch it. And then it dragged out, it dragged out, it dragged out. I was reading some old articles about the whole situation um, last night. Just a, I mean, I was at that. I started my my website. So this is November of 2007. I started. I left Spike TV in October of 2007. The date exactly is November 7th, 2007. Was November 7th, 2007. My website launched JerryPark.com October 19th, 2007. First interview was the 22nd, Kurt Angle. And so I'm literally, I mean, as new as can be to this whole world. Uh, and it was just a fascinating time to be involved in all of it. And so I would urge all of you, learn about the history of the sport, learn about the people like Randy Couture who fought for it, who, uh, who tried to make some of these changes. And it's amazing to hear that a lot of the stuff that he is talking about in that press conference is a lot of the stuff that Francis is talking about. Now, since then, we've obviously heard since Monday of last week, uh, Francis is going to have the knee surgery. Uh, Dana White did an interview with uh, ESPN Plus and said that the reason why he didn't put the belt around Francis's waist was um, because he had to go to the back to take care of some business. So we'll, we'll take his word for it. Couldn't go to the press conference either. He said the only other time he didn't put the belt around someone's waist, well, there's two times that he said, which I don't know if it's true, but... Um, this is what he said, was uh, Anderson Silva, Damian Maia, UFC 112, Abu Dhabi, and then UFC 199, Michael Bisping, Luke Rockhold. And I, I was like, I remember why. I remember why he didn't put it around Anderson's waist. 
in Abu Dhabi, he was mad at Anderson. I couldn't remember why he didn't put it around Bisping's waist at the forum. I was thinking, I was trying to remember, I was thinking of it, I was like, what? I thought he was there. I mean, I have the vision in my head. I mean, I watched that fight so many times, and I just couldn't believe it. So I guess this is the third time. Anyway, fascinating stuff, and he's right. MMAFA did put out a um, like a two-part press release today. Was it a press release? I'm not sure. Just a sort of statement on what they're doing, what they're trying to get done. And uh, I would urge everyone to go check it out. Let's see here. Well, Valid's sending me... Yo, uh, Joe, go check out... Um, go. Valid's sending me some uh, voice notes at the moment, but I don't want to play them on the air. So if you can call him and uh, maybe track down... He's on it. All right. Let's see here. It's been a it's been an experience trying to track down Mr. Valid. And uh actually Valid has been good. Davison's been a little bit tricky. I did want to read something because he meant funny, first two guests mentioned Jake Paul. How crazy is that? What a world world we're living in here, right? Uh Jake Paul did put out this diss track and this music video last week. I mean, he was all over the place with the Amanda Serrano and Katie Taylor fight getting announced on Thursday for April 30th. Very excited about that. And, you know, I, I see this stuff pop up like, oh, you know, anti-UFC. Again, I'll repeat for the thousandth time. Like, this is a part of the sport. This is how the sausage gets made. If you're not covering this stuff, you're not really covering the sport. And if your beat is to just cover what is coming up and the fights and all that, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, I talk about MMA on average 12 hours a week. On these various shows, four hours, four hours, couple hours, like you can't just talk about the fights because if you're just talking about the fights, if, in my opinion, in my position after all these years, then you're doing a disservice to the audience. This is a part of the sport. The same way Jeff Passan is talking about the current lockout in Major League Baseball, the same way Bob McKenzie will talk about the labor issues in the NHL when he was covering, the same way Woj will talk. Like, this is the sport. There's no anti this, there's no anti that. Trust me, there'll be a lot of talk about Izzy and Whitaker. There'll be a lot of talk about Sean Strickland. And this is even me getting defensive. Like, if you're not fascinated in this stuff and you, all you care about is punches and kicks, then God bless. For me, I'm fascinated about the whole thing, how the entire cake is baked, how the entire ship is run, the ins and outs, the warts, all of it. I'm fascinated by all of it because, again, as I've said on, uh, I mean, a million different platforms, we're still in the infancy, the early stages, the leather helmet days of mixed martial arts. And look, 15, 14 years ago, still talking about the same things today. So this isn't having an axe to grind or having an agenda. This is a part of the sport. And I can guarantee you, you even have Jeremy Stevens, who now just leaves the UFC. I can guarantee you every single fighter, this is top of mind. This is their life. Again, for you, it's DraftKings. For you, it's pizza. For you, it's beer. This is their life. This is how they support their family. This is their future. This is their health care. I'm dealing with it now. I'm independent now. I have to get my own health care. I can't even imagine what they go through. I'm not going to get punched in the face every day. So if you really love these fighters, if you really care about them, how could you not care about this? How could you not want to be educated? How could you not be interested in all of this? It can't just only be about 
the punches and the kicks in the upcoming matchups. You know what I mean? This is a very, I mean, this is a massive story in our sport right now. And honestly, it's a massive story with or without Jake Paul. But hey, he's shining a light on it. Regardless of his intentions, regardless of what people want to say, regardless of the holes that they want to poke and maybe predict what his ultimate goal in all of this is. Right now, there's a light being shine on it because a lot of people are talking to me about him outside. Oh, he's talking about this. He's talking about that. What do you think? That to me is a net positive. I'm fascinated by all this. And, 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 and I will admit, perhaps it is a little more of interest to me and a little more sensitive to me because I talk to these guys and I get that. And I, and I appreciate that you might not understand that, but I see the guys who, again, as I said, this, this kind of survivor's guilt who came in when I was coming in and who don't have a lot on the back end. That's not right. They need to have a lot on the back end. They need to have a pension. They need to be taken care of. They need to not worry about how they're going to survive for the next 40, 50 years. No, no one retires at 40 unless you're like a gazillionaire and you can retire at 40. It's not natural for us to be done working at 40. We're just entering our primes as workers in our 40s. In my opinion, these guys can't fight anymore. And what are they left with? Not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. NBA players, for the most part, retired. You're left with a lot. Baseball, like if you do things the right way. Here, even if you do things the right way, you're not left with a lot. And I acknowledge that there are the ones that make a lot of money. The Connors, the Habibs, God bless them. God bless them. I actually feel like they're underpaid. Should be making even more. Anyway, this is what uh, Jake Paul said to MMA Fighting as to why he released that diss track. Dana White first tried to get me to beat Ben Askren. Then he said he would bet a million that I would lose to Askren. After Dana ran away from his own bet, he started saying my fights are fixed. He then proceeded to disrespect Tyron Woodley, his four-time champion, and said Tyron is washed up. And finally, David uh, Dana moved on to claiming I'm a dirty fighter. Put aside that I passed drug testing at every event. I agreed to get tested by Dana White slash the UFC, but he refused to respond to my offer. Obviously, testing me is not that important to him, as it would mean he would have to raise fighter pay. Remember that bet thing that they had going on at the beginning of the year? And give them the long-term health care that they should be provided. Dana White is too busy sending out lawsuit threats to his heavyweight champions minutes before they enter the cage to fight another man. I think he actually sent my partner, Nikisa Bedarian, partner MVP, the same thing at 9 p.m. That night, when Dana's supposedly being president at his biggest PPV event for a public company. Imagine if Adam Silver, he goes on, sent a lawsuit to LeBron James minutes before he took the floor for the NBA Finals, then refused to present him with the NBA Championship trophy after he won. It's pure disrespect to the athlete in the sport. Goes on. This isn't about boxing or MMA. This is about doing what is right. UFC can and should do better given the control it has exerted over MMA fighters. Either treat them as independent contractors like Uber does its drivers or give them the compensation and benefits they deserve as employees. So my fund has invested in his company stock and I'll be working to expose his constant exploitive practices starting by putting out this song with all proceeds going directly to fighter causes. So I want to ask him about that, the proceeds, how are they being generated, where are they going, all that stuff and more. But that is the... Uh, the statement that he gave as to why he put that out on Friday morning. And uh, we'll see what he has to say. That's going to come up at 3.30.
Eastern. All right. We do have uh, Valid here. Let's go to Valid. Where's the champ? Anyway, Valid is the real star. Is he there? Do we have him? Yeah, one sec. The legend. Valid Ishmael. And so sometimes uh, I guess, yeah, let's let's go. It's 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 hard to, to track these guys down. Do we have uh, Valid, my friend? What's happening, my brother? Where's the champ? I, he's coming. He's coming. Just text me. Say, hey. Five minutes, five minutes. Okay. I say, right. okay, okay. Let's see. He's playing okay. hard to get. Now he's the champion. I mean, he's a big shot, huh? Uh, no, man. He's the same guy, man. I'm going to tell you. But he's smart. I'm going to tell you. He improved a lot, you know. He think about the game. He improved a lot. I'm very proud of him, you know what I mean? Even the press conference, you, he talk was everything into his mind, you know what I mean? Like... He really did well. I'm going to tell you the truth. Because this, this kid needs to learn how to sell the fight. Yeah. But his feeling about Moreno is really bad. You know what I mean? He think Moreno was a coward. He really think Moreno not accept to fight him in the first moment. You know what I mean? Moreno start to talk. Hey, no, have another fighters to fight. You know what I mean? He really pissed with Moreno. When when Moreno not do not want to do it, the trilogy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And now Moreno back him. Yeah. I want him talk about, you know what I mean? This is the funny, how the world work. You know right. what I mean? First, Moreno don't want to do it. Now Moreno want to do it. What do you think? What do you, what do you think happens? What do you guys want to happen? No, I, you know, I even don't talk to him. In the last, like, all these days. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, so one thing he said to me, who's paying more? I'm, I mean. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, he... You know what I mean? We need to talk to him about that. You know yeah. what I mean? He has... I believe me, he has his own thoughts. This is the beauty of the sport. In the beginning, I always push him to say things. Now he... He speaks better than me. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's come a long way. He do it. Yeah, he do it. You know what I mean? On the on the press conference, he filmed the press conference. He talk over Moreno. You know what I mean? He really mean business. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? He really know the sport is about to sell. About to sell. Even he learned a little bit English. You know what I mean? He need to learn more. The fighters start. To understand that this is a business. If you not sell, you cannot be asking for nothing. Right. And he sell good. He deliver. He save the flyweight division. There's no doubt about the one, the one twenty five division. Honestly, I think he got a lot of that from you. How to sell, how to promote. I hope he's giving you credit for that. I mean, you did a lot for him. I gonna tell you, you need to have both. You know what I mean? If you not win. No matter how much he talk, if he not to win, he's gonna be like Corey Gilbert. He's gonna be a YouTuber, right. uh -huh. talk good, but the time of fight lost. You know what I mean? You need talk good and fight. You cannot just talk and have millions and millions of people follow you in the Instagram. Go to be a YouTuber. Right. You know what I mean? You need to do both. You need talk and deliver. If you talk and deliver, you go to the moon. This is the case 
of Davidson Figueiredo right now. You know, he come to me and say, hey, now it's money time. This is funny. <laughs> you know what I mean? He talk like that. I say, come on, man. Relax. Go step by step. No. You know, Valid. This guy wanted to... I'm going to talk to him. I'm going to text you. Yeah, where is, talk to where is he? Where is he? Where is he? What's going on? He's, bi he's big time. Where are you? No, he's not. He's not. Cadê você, velho? Any any concern? You know, when he he has the jewelry, the mouth, the watch, all that stuff. We talked last time when he lost. You said it was getting a lot with the gym. Do you have concern that all this stuff is going to be a distraction again? No, no. The jewelry, the good clothing, not distract. No. What he distract and is coming right now. Okay. What he distract him was big. Jim, I told him, if you want to lose, you stay in Belém. You want to lose? He said, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to redo it my my team. Now I put manager in my in my gym. I say, you want to lose? If you want to lose, stay in Belém. Mm. Because you're not going to be focused. Always people going to ask you about the gym, about everything. And he listened. I'm very happy about that. You know what I mean? He want to go for another gym. I say, no, you go to fight ready. You go to Serrudo, you go to Erika Barracin, you go to Ed Chan, all the guys there. You know what I mean? Even the the blonde guy, I forgot the name, is a coach there too. All the guys in the fight ready mm. gave a great talk. And I'm proud because I put him. Mm. I call, you know, you talk to the fight and they call he called his coach. And they go, no, we're going to make all the structure here. We're going to keep him here. I say, I'm shut up and call him. You want to lose? <laughs> if you want to lose, you stay the way you are right now. And he listened to me. I'm glad. Good. And he won. You know, it was a lot of responsibility in my back, too. You know what I mean? A lot of How responsibility. So? Because this, I was so happy after the fight. <laughs> right. Why so much responsibility this time? Because I put him to fight in America. Mm. I put in his head, this is the time. You need to go there. And he want to go to another gym and say, no, you go to fight away. Mm. I told him. You know what I mean? I pushed him. And I told him like that. If you want to you wanna lose, you stay the way you are. You want to lose? He say, no, for sure not. Okay, do that. And you know what I mean? Like, this more responsibility than that? Tell me. I saw the picture of him before the fight. He looked incredible. His shape looked incredible. So no issues this time with 125, right? I mean, he was so lean. It was amazing. Uh, uh, I think in New Force 1. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This place is amazing with fight ready. It's a Dave. Dave Zoe, man, is a great leader. You know what I mean? He's a serious guy. He's mean business. He's not a bullshitter. Hmm. Even he don't like say his name. But I say, hey, man, the guys invest in the sport need to be in the history of the sport. Because this sport was made about these guys who is... Yes, pode entrar. No, pode entrar. Pode entrar, irmão. Já pode apertar o link e falar. Let me tell him, yeah, it's him. Yeah, I think he's coming. They said he, he's, he's ready, he's ready. I think we have him now, we have him now. We have Davison, there he is. Oh, the champion's here, hey. Davison, hey, Ariel. what's happening, my brother? I feel good, brother. 
Uh, look at you. You speak I'm English now. You speak English perfect now. My English, my English flew a little bit. It's great. You don't need Valid to talk to you to talk about you know what you're saying anymore, right? You're all good. You're grown up. Yes. Thank you. You can hear Valid, right? Hey, Valid. You don't need more than me. Hey, he said you don't need more than me to talk. I said you don't need more than me. Help me. He laughed. Okay. Uh, uh, Davison, thank you for the time. I know you've been very busy. No, I was hoping for the teeth this time. No teeth? Where are they? Oh, yeah. Okay. Hey. One sec. One sec. One okay, sec. Okay. <laughs> this is amazing. This guy. Uh, yes. He, yes. The character. Why you don't put the teeth? Come on. Come yes. on. You got to put yeah. the teeth. Oh. Uh, but So you were saying, Valid, he's great shape, huh? Amazing. So no issues with 125 this time. Man, one night before. A night before he got 125. Wow. You know what I mean? A night before. This is amazing. This is amazing. Wow. A night before he was 25. Yeah. This is like incredible. You know what I mean? Like this was. Yeah. He was the second guy wonderful. on the scale. Second guy. Last time. Last guy. This time. Second guy. Second guy because the champion was on the time was the first one. Right. 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 And he, he wait last for the Moreno. Oh. Moreno 125 for half, he weighed 125 right, or 124. Right. No, Moreno weighed 124 half, he 124. Gotcha, gotcha. You know what I mean? How great he can be. If it was up to but you. But this is a team. Go ahead, go ahead. It's a teamwork, man. If, if it was up he's to coming? you. Uh, I think he's coming. He's not back yet. He's still, uh, I think he's looking for the teeth or something. Uh, so I shouldn't have I shouldn't have mentioned the teeth. That was my mistake. But if it was up to you, who would he fight? What would be your choice? Yeah. Oh no, he's gonna be. Yes, go back. Okay. 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 I'm gonna ask him. Here he is, the champion. Hopefully coming. Uh, oh yeah, there. Ah, oh, look at that guy. Yeah. He's okay. It's nice. I'll come back. It's nice. Well done. Oh, oh wow. Oh, he's dead. de ouro. I told I told him I'm gonna get his sponsor and he's gonna be my best sponsor. Now Moreno sponsor him. So Davison uh... all the jewelry he had yeah. what Moreno gave it to him. So he, he's, he, you know, we spoke to him last week, Brandon. He really wants the fourth fight next. Do you want to fight yeah. him right away? Do you want a fourth fight with Brandon right away? Moreno, quer lutar contigo na quarta luta. Você vai dar essa revanche com Moreno na quarta luta? Eu acho que não. Tá chato já, Moreno. Eu preciso de novo o oponente. Eu tô chamando o Kai Cara França por ele ter batido no Corigava. You know, he think no. I think about Cara Cara Grande, Cara Grande. You know what I mean? He think no. Mas aquilo que a gente falou, se o UFC quiser essa luta, a quarta luta, aquilo que tu falou, fala aí. Aí a gente vai ter que negociar uma bolsa melhor, porque eu não tô sendo valorizado. Tô lutando pelo... Ah, tá, é. Né, 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 Vani? Não dá para falar muito isso também. Eu quero que melhore minha bolsa. Vou negociar minha bolsa para lutar para ter essa quarta luta. 
is say he has the price for the fourth fight. If UFC won the fourth fight, he wanna ask the price. You know what I mean? Because if UFC wanna do something historic, let's go pay historic money for flyweight division. Yes, I like that. And you know, you, you know what I mean? Like this, this what he said. Tell me, you know what I mean? Who? Eu tava falando para ele que tu tinha me falado. Quem pagar melhor é com quem tu vai lutar, certo? É o que tu tinha me é. falado? Ok. Yeah, okay, yeah. You know what I mean? Who pay better for him? This is the guy he's gonna fight. Right. Well, can I ask, what is the historic price that you are looking for to fight Brandon again? <laughs> Ele tá falando aquele milhão que tu falou. Qual o preço que tu quer para lutar com o Moreno de novo? Ah. Fala que não precisa falar. Um milhão é um thousand. One thousand. No, one million ah, quanto, quanto mais dinheiro, mais eu fico coberto de ouro. Tem o um Iron Man, aí vai ter o um Iron Gold. <laughs> you say, you said. <laughs> you want more money, more pay-per-view, and the more money he make, more gold he gonna buy. You, you know the Iron Man? Yes. You gonna see... The gold man. I like it. I like it, Davidson. <laughs> what, what about the fight, Davidson? How did you feel about the fight? Did you feel confident when the fight was over that you had done enough to win that fight? It was a close one, but what did you think? Were you happy with your performance? Okay. Hey, who's that? Hey, Valid, he has uh, his, who's that? A child is on his lap. Is that your, your, your child, Davison? Yeah, his kid, his son. Wow, what's his name? Benicio, my, my, my son. How old is he? Benicio, Benicio. Ah, three, three, three honest. He's so cute. I want to pinch his cheeks. He's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Benicio. Obrigado. Ah, bo bom dia. Bom dia. Yes. Hey. Bom dia. O drone que eu trouxe para ele dos Estados Unidos é muito top. Ah, ele falou, he's the drone, he brings the drone for his kid. Ah. He, his kid loves the drone. Okay. I love it. I love it. Um, <laughs> Well, thanks for joining us, Benicio. Can, can I just ask, uh, Davidson, what did you think of the fight? Did you like the fight? O que você achou da luta? Você gostou da luta? Foi uma luta muito boa, onde eu falei que eu vinha com uma nova versão, né? Todos viram aí o cara que que eu me tornei treinando com o Henry Serrudo e Erika Barracinha em Fireware. You know, he came with the new version. Everybody yeah, saw yes. the new guy training the fight really with Henry Cerrudo and Erika Borracin. It's a new Davidson Figueiredo. Mm. 
And uh, we were talking with Valid before. Oh, you have another person joining us. Who do we have over there? Who's that? Is that your other child? Come in. Oh, hello. My baby. Uh, my baby. Hello. Hello. Fala minha filha, Valid. My son. My 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 daughter. Your daughter. My daughter. My, yes. my daughter. Yeah. How old is she? My daughter. How old is your daughter? Daughter. Daughter. Ten, 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 ten years. Yeah, ten. I like it. Yeah, I speak English with you. Ten years old, you know how to speak. You know how to say this, Damson. I was texting with you. You know how to say. I see you, 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 you typing. Unless someone's typing for you. But what about the ela, one? Ela fala, ela fala inglês um pouquinho. É bom que agora quando, quando, eu, quando eu voltar para Arizona, é. I'm come back Arizona. Vou levar minha família. My family go oh. uh, comigo. Your family's going to move to Arizona? To him. Yeah. You're going to move there full-time to live there? Wally? Is his family going to... Wally, please! Oh, he go with his family to Arizona. Yes, I love it. Uh, what, what, what about the weight cut this time, Davison? I saw the picture of you before the fight. You looked so ripped and uh, and 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 no body fat whatsoever. This time, no problems. One twenty-five, right? Essa vez tu não teve problema nenhum. Ele te viu todo todo rasgado, todo definido e não teve problema nenhum dessa vez, né? Iron Gold, man. Iron Gold. Yes. <laughs> Surprise. I'm coming no, back. No, no. He comes back. <laughs> Mas o que, que tu achou? Não teve problema nenhum no corte do peso, né? Foi bem não estruturado. Não tive problema, problema nenhum. Não tive. Eu estava muito forte, muito saudável. E eu sabia que se eu não saísse do plano, era fácil ganhar moreno. E agora eu vou voltar mais forte ainda. <laughs> Hey, he knows he was very well trained. If he followed the plan, he knows for sure he's gonna win the fight. He was prepared for this fight. And now he's gonna come back much better. The people do not understand. It's gonna be much better now because he knows how to be professional. Tá falando como agora tu sabe como é que é ser profissional. Com tudo. Yeah. He's gonna come back to fight ready. Mm. He vai voltar para fight ready. And uh, can I ask you, Davison, if, if in a perfect world the money is right, who would you want to fight next? What would be your choice? Who would be your choice? Se o dinheiro for certo, se a grana for boa, quem no mundo perfeito, quem que você quer lutar no próximo? O que vender mais? O que o que souber fazer de talk? Eu quero ganhar não só uma bolsa. Só, não só uma bolsa que estou exigindo, mas também um PPV, um super PPV. You know, he wanna who know how to sell. Mm. You know what I mean? This is what he said. He wanna fight against who? Not just the, the money he gonna make. He wanna sell a lot of PPV. He wanna show the world to respect the flyway division. Mm. He wanna somebody know how to sell, know how, know how to talk. This is what he keeps saying all the time. Mm. Who sell better is going to be my opponent. Do, do you feel... But I personally think... Yeah. I, I, I will tell you what I think, Davidson. 
Posso falar o okay. que eu acho? Ok. Personally, I think the fight is Moreno. Because no fight is gonna sell more than that. Right. Eu acho que a luta é o Moreno. Nenhuma luta vai vender mais do que essa. Nenhuma luta. E eu acho que ele vale o dinheiro que ele quer. I think he, he, he deserves the money he wants. Mm. You know what I mean? What I'm saying is amazing. You have said always uh, take care who know how to sell. And this guy here know how to sell. I'm, I don't need to say nothing. You saw the press conference. You imagine now for the next fight. Eu falei que eu não falei nada para você na press conference. Foi tudo na tua cabeça. Tu imagina agora na próxima luta que ele, antes de você entrar, ele falou, pô, ele aprendeu bem. Eu falei, é, mas hoje, hoje eu não preciso falar mais nada para ele. Ele já sabe tudo. Yes? Yeah. What did you just say to him? <laughs> no, I told him, like, he, he know how to talk. He wanna sell. He learn. I, you know what I mean? How important to sell. You know what I mean? Now, he talking good. He wanna opponent to to sell good. He wanna show the world the power of the flyweight division. You mm. know the funny part, Ariel? Who's the best fight? His fight or heavyweight fight? What fight more excited? Yeah. No, no. I mean, the flyweight fight was amazing. Yeah. He's a superstar. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? What he did to Moreno was amazing. It was incredible. To him, one Moreno in Mexico, because he won Moreno in Mexico. So you know what I mean? Because everybody you, is knows. that true, Davison? Let me ask Davison. Do you want you want you would? Wali, please, Wali. I want to ask no, him. Please, I want to show. This. Yeah, the, oh, we can't show highlights. Show he knocked out. He knocked down Moreno oh, five I times. I know it was incredible. The five leg kicks, the punching, amazing. Would you really five fight him times. in Mexico? And you would do that, Davison? You'd fight him in Mexico? No, no Mexico. No Mexico. No Mexico. <laughs> what, yeah. what about Brazil? You do that. Ah, o problema é se eu entrar no México com com meu coach, a gente não sai de lá tão cedo. <laughs> the problem is go to Mexico with Cerrudo, he never gonna come back. Because <laughs> <What? laughs> he's a crazy guy. So are you are you gonna move to Arizona uh, full time or are you gonna live in Brazil and train in Arizona, bring your family there? Gonna, você vai se mudar 100% para Arizona ou você vai e volta? Você vai e volta para o Brasil? Eu creio, que, eu creio que no início eu voltar indo para Arizona, mas voltando ao Brasil. Até eu conseguir levar minha família yeah, toda para lá. In the beginning, he go and come back, go and come back, but one day he gonna be with whole, all his family in the Arizona, you know. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. be there. And, and when, if it was up to you, Davison, when would you like to return? When would you like to fight again, if it was up to you? Quando você quer voltar? Eu ainda estou me recuperando no Brasil, né? Eu ainda vou fazer uma ressonância para saber se houve alguma alguma fissura no meu pé. Estou achando que está quebrado, não sei. É, vai depender da ressonância. Mas dentro de três, quatro meses eu estou voltando para Arizona. Ele vai fazer o MRI em seu foot because he kicked a lot Moreno. Okay. The Moreno team break his foot. And, but he gonna come back in the next three, four months to Arizona. Mas quando tu quer lutar de novo? Ah, agora não tenho pressa para lutar. Sou dono do cinturão. Isso, 
Isso não requer pressa para voltar a lutar. You know, he's on the belt right now. He don't, he, he, he not hurry to sure. come back. Sure, but he broke, you broke your foot? You broke it in the fight? No, he don't know yet. Oh, okay, you don't know yet. He, um, he don't know yet. Davidson, do you like, Brand, do, do you like Brandon Moreno? You like this guy? Eu sei que tu ainda não sabe. Eu ainda não sei se tô quebrado o pé. Eu vou fazer ressonância ainda, mas foram os chutes que eu dei nele que eu acabei machucando o pé e ainda tá, ainda tá inchado ainda. Yeah, he don't know if he broke, broke his foot, but was the kick he gave in Moreno damaged his foot. Do you like Brandon Moreno, Davison? You, you like him? You respect him? Você gosta do Breno Moreno? Tu respeita ele? Breno Moreno, motherfucker. I, I, I don't like Breno Moreno. Why? Why? What, what don't you like about him? Eu vou, eu vou invadir o México, vou tirar o Breno Moreno de lá com muita porrada, ele vai ver. He go into the Mexico, spank Breno Moreno in Mexico and kick him out of Mexico. But, it, but you, you guys have a, a rivalry. You, you have fought him three times. Is there a part of you maybe that's tired of thinking about Brandon? That's why you want to fight someone else? It's just enough of Brandon Moreno in your life? You know, vocês já lutaram três vezes. Está cansado desde já, já tá chega de Brandon Moreno, por isso quer lutar com outro. Qual é a parada? Qual é? Realmente estou cansado é do Brandon Moreno, né? Eu estou cansado desse cara. Eu quero lutar com quem vender mais. Eu quero primeiro sentar e conversar com o UFC é, em relação a, a números e eu quero também que, que quem, quem venha lutar comigo venda bastante pay-per-view. Yeah, you know, he, he keeps saying, he wanna talk, we gonna talk to UFC, yeah. he wanna fight, who's gonna sell? He's tired of Breno Moreno, but if Breno Moreno is gonna, is gonna sell, UFC wanna Breno Moreno, he fight Breno Moreno. We just talk about the numbers now, you know what I mean? But you know the beauty part, I'm gonna repeat. Always UFC is great for the fighter know how to sell. Right, right, right. And Davidson know how to sell. Imagine this category almost done. Now is amazing. Yeah. Everybody wanna see. Davison, I have a good idea for you. Big fight. You make a lot of money. Davison Figueredo against Winderson. You know Winderson? <laughs> no, no, come on. You know this guy Winderson. He's got a lot. He's big time star. Winderson, the boxer. You know him? No? You know Winderson? He makes a lot of money, this guy. He's got a lot of 23 million. Winderson, Jack Powell. Ah, uh, Jake Paul. YouTube yeah, para YouTube. Jack Paul. Okay, all right. YouTube with YouTube. That's for boys, but he's good. You see, he's good. He's good, David. He's a YouTuber I know. against YouTube. Are you gonna? Are you gonna? He's a fighter. He's a yeah. Are, are you gonna try to learn more English, Davison, so that you connect with more people here? Is that a, a goal for you? É uma é uma é um goal para você é uma é uma meta para você falar mais inglês. O tempo yeah. que eu tive no Arizona, eu, eu, eu consegui assimilar muitas palavras de inglês. Hoje, eu já não me perco mais nos aeroportos, como sempre eu me perdia por não falar inglês, por não saber. Né? 
e little bit every day uh, I, uh, eu aprendo algo de, de inglês. I learned. I like you it. know, he say he, he started to get a lot of words. Now he can travel, he can speak a little bit, you know what I mean? He cannot be lost in the airport. He, he learned every day, he learned a little bit more. But he was so focused on the fight, he not study. Right, right, right. Too much, you know what I mean? But now, the next time, he's going to study more. I said to him, you were very focused on the fight and didn't learn much. But now, you're going to learn more because it's before the fight, before the fight. Before the fight. Okay. Uh, one... Yeah, but... Yes. One last thing. Um, I, saw, I, I, I know you mentioned Kaikar France, but what if he loses to Oscar Askarov? Does he interest you, Askarov, or, or not so much? Se o, se o, parece que o cara, esse cara aí vai lutar com o Askarov. E se ele perder para o Askarov? Aí se ele perder para o Askarov fica complicado, porque o Askarov é um cara que não sabe vender luta e eu não quero lutar com ele. Né? Aí vai me restar só... Aí vai me restar só o Baby Prime. Se ele perdeu para o it's going to be bad because Askarov don't know how to sell fight. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. He not sell. It's going to be cry baby. Okay. If he, if not going to be... How's the name of the guy? Even I don't know the name. The cara, cara. <laughs> uh, Askarov. Askar Askarov. As, uh, this guy is going to be... It's going to be cry baby. Okay. You know what I mean? It's going to be... But you know, believe me, I tell Dave, so this is the fight to do it. To be the history, you you need to do something new for the history. Historic, yeah. Never before in UFC have four fights. Yeah. Eu tava falando para ele, eu acho que a luta que vai dar mais dinheiro é a do é a do Moreno, porque para tu fazer história, para tu estar tá na história, tu tem que fazer história. Imagina que tu vai ser a primeira vez na história do UFC que vão ter quatro lutas com os mesmos lutadores. Quanto vale isso? E eu nocauteando ele, porque eu vou treinar para nocautear esse Brandon não... Moreno safado. But now he's gonna train for knockout this son of a bitch, shitty guy. Because he says he's a shitty guy, he's a fucking <laughs> worst. He's in Portuguese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said that. I like by the way, I like the tattoo. You got uh, the belt tattoo. Can we see it? Where is Very it? Very nice. I like, I like my tattoo. Ta ta That's nice. Oh. One more. Wow. He's showing it to us. It's nice. Wow, look at that. Uh, Obrigado <laughs> and parabéns, parabéns, Davison. Thank you so much, <laughs> Deutsch de Guerra. Uh, parabéns on the victory. Thank you for coming, obrigado. Deus da guerra, o como é que fala? O homem ouro. Não, é. Gold man. The gold man. Gold man. Gold man. Gold man. There he is. Look at him. Wow. <laughs> I love it. Uh, thank you, Davison. Thank you for coming on. Obrigado. And thank you to Valid as well. And uh, again, congratulations on the win. Parabéns. Ariel, my brother. I love you too, man. I love you too, Davison. Much respect. <laughs> Muito obrigado. Hey, Ariel. Yes. Let me tell you one thing. You know the big deal happened right now too? Amanda Lemos against Batistaca for the main event in April. Let's go. You remember I told them Amanda Lemos vai ser Amanda Lemos vai ser a primeira dona do cinturão de Belém do Pará. Escreve o que eu tô falando, Ariel. He said Amanda Lemos is going to be the first woman from Belém do Pará to be the champion 
in UFC. Okay. He just said that. All right. We will remember He's that. He's going to be the champion for the champion. Okay. I will remember that. Okay, my brother. Thank you. Thank you, Davidson. Yeah, All the best. Thank you, Valid. Thank you brother. Thank you, appreciate. Okay, talk to you soon. Bye-bye. There they are. Davidson Figueredo, Valid Ishmael. Quite the duo. Uh, the the gold man, by the way. Trademark that gold man. Not the Iron Man, the gold man. Uh, what, what, I mean, we'll see what happens. You know, they lost their main event from March 26th. It's no longer Alexander Rakic and Jan Bojovic. Bojovic, uh, serious... Nah, not so serious. Doesn't know if he needs surgery. I was talking to him on Friday. But it is a, a, a neck-slash-spine issue. So concerning, Rakic says it's going to happen maybe after the Glover fight in May, no longer in Brazil. Bit of a mess of a situation. Maybe they bump up Kaikar France against Askar Askarov. Big enough for Columbus. No longer Apex, by the way. These are the tricky things about going on the road. Uh, that's a big time. That's a number one contender fight. But if it doesn't materialize... The biggest money fight at the moment would have to be the Moreno fight just because of the first three, right? It would have to be. Okay, uh, a little late here, but uh, we're going to get to GC in a second. Before we get to GC, still to come, by the way, the problem child, uh, Jake Paul, Semtex Daily, stick around for that. But first, a quick word from our good friends. Please support them because they support us. Without further ado, uh, let us go to GC, who's probably really mad at Figueredo and Valide for eating up his time. I mean, they just complete you. Rob- I mean, they completely robbed you of, of your time there. Seventeen minutes That's off right. the clock. That's all right. I mean, that was. I don't even know what that right? was. That was a lot. I was, was a lot. lot to take it was in. a lot going on. Then you had the to kids. read all the phone numbers at the end I mean, there. All the music, crazy music. Like this is why we are. Take who a deep we are. breath after that. Um, please, I have a lot to talk to you about. Yeah. First of all, let's get the you know the whatever stuff out of the way. How do we do? I, I mean, I have a lot of questions about Saturday night. Yeah, sure. Uh, Give I us mean, the quick we, recap. All right, so we won. Let's do a quick recap. We'll keep yeah. it real quick. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, let's go to the singles. We'll just we'll just mull right through this. Uh, yeah, we go Ofer in Bellator. Uh, I think that's Ofer. the first. Yeah, I think that's the first time I've done that on uh, on any event. Look at that. I, mean, I felt like you almost even predicted this. Well, I went I went light on it. Like as you can tell, I went just like a quarter unit on these underdogs. I was I thought I was being cool. I thought I was being smart taking underdogs. I thought all these guys had a chance. None of them had a chance. They all got dominated. Uh and then it was an underdog sweep on the on the main card and I didn't pick any of them. And by the way, how about the fact that they stumble upon this guy Big Tuna? Yep. Um sort dominated. of a fan favorite. Yep. Then they put him in the first fight of the night, the curtain jerker, yeah. not televised. <laughs> and I know he's fighting a local guy. A local guy beats him. I uh, like Beat him easily. Yeah, mauls him. Like, mauls him. Uh, parlays. I did hit my Eagle FC parlay. It was a, it was a nice Friday night. Um, missed the Bellator parlay on the last leg. Uh, Benson. Questionable split decision. Well, I didn't like it, huh? You tell him that on Wednesday. He'll be on. I'll let you tell him yeah. that. Uh, unfortunately, didn't get that. Um, so, yeah, that, you know, it is what it is. And then we get... To to the grand one of them all, yes. Uh, WWE. Oh yes, I can't wait. I get them both right. We get. I got Ronda and I got Brock. No big deal. My only regret is not putting on more. Um, so well, you did get Ronda at plus fourteen hundred. What did it close at? Plus fourteen hundred. Minus two fifty. That's crazy. Minus two fifty. I can't lie. When she showed up and the music played, I went crazy. I was I was on my couch. I was going nuts. Uh, so the final recap. Uh, just another mad weekend. Three just mad weekends. Up 0.47 units. So we're just kind of hovering right around the zero number. Uh, singles two and ten. That looks worse than it actually is uh, because because of the WWE plays. But uh, right. And then obviously the 0 and four in Bellator wasn't great. So. Uh, 
Yeah, one of these weekends we're either going to break out, lose big, or win big. Uh, hopefully it's this weekend, winning big. Okay, so, uh, that now was the that weekend that's that out of the way, I have many questions about your Saturday night. First of all, yeah. the text message you uh, posted between you and Frank, was that yes. real? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Cold Frank. world out here from Mysterious Frank. How about that? Not only does he, you know, he posts the text, but he essentially, you know, shows the world that you are cold as ice. Yeah, you didn't even talk about it this Coal morning. Coal in your heart. There was no text message. It was, it was a Photoshop? Yeah. Frank, did you go to his house? I wasn't invited. Wow. Now he's trying to invite me to a Rangers game to make it up. <laughs> Just kidding. It's getting ridiculous. Did you watch Royal Rumble, Frank? I didn't have the means to. What are you talking about? I was just waiting by the door. I had my jacket ready, my snow boots. <laughs> it was it was like any great... moment he's going to call me over. It was such a great text. It was amazing. For those that missed it, it was essentially you like being super nice. You and the wife are invited. I'm going to get food, drinks, this, and then he essentially said, what did he say back? What was it? He told me to stop contacting. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I wish we had it for reference. I should have had it ready here. <laughs> oh, my God. It was so good. All right. So you watched uh, by yourself or you had other people over? Me and my roommate. Me and my roommate. What do you think? Nice. It was this nice snow day. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah. I was so afraid that I'd be stuck in uh, St. Louis. God. Yeah. I was nervous. Oh, <laughs> I was so nervous about that. Jeez, Louise. <laughs> Uh, but oh, really all like good. St. Louis. No, no, uh, I just didn't. You know, I didn't want to miss the show. Yeah, but you know, yeah. flight canceled. It was, uh, it was entertaining. Um, it's not necessarily my cup of tea. Okay, uh, I can tune into Royal Rumble. Like, I, you're not going to get me on like Monday Night Raw or Fair. SmackDown. Maybe or WrestleMania, like the Granddaddy. I could, I could maybe be talked into WrestleMania. Like, my biggest issue is like I forgot. Like it's. Like How I know they, I know, words wisely. <laughs> I know they do the stunts for real and everything, but like when they're in like the like sure. when they're punching and kicking yeah, yeah. and stuff, it's like especially scripted, when I I had Bellator on the side TV right. too. So like you know they're doing the suplexes in WWE and then like other. By the way, like those really hurt. I just want to let you know. Oh, I'm sure they do. Like there's like especially that, like uh, that ring isn't like it's not a waterbed. You know. Yeah, and they brought the chair in and like yeah. they're smashing each other with the chairs, throwing everyone through tables. So like there's that, but like. It's entertaining. I got a kick out of it. That's all. I'll choose first Royal Rumble that you watched. First one ever. Yeah, it's a cool concept, right? Every two minutes, someone comes out. Yeah, I do like the concept. I will say, what I was saying this to everyone in here, like, it is, in my opinion, I thought it was fairly predictable what was going to happen. Okay, well, that's actually the fans were really upset afterwards. Um, Obviously, I was there, and it felt actually. I, I would say that the women's Royal Rumble was actually more entertaining than the men's Royal Rumble, if only because, and I know you wouldn't understand this or appreciate it because you're not a, a long-time viewer, but a lot of old characters came back, and so that's always fun. There's some nostalgia. Um, there was a nice mix of the young and the old. The men's Royal Rumble felt, after Brock lost the belt in that controversial fashion to Bobby Lashley, our pal, um, it felt quite predictable that he was going to come back and try to win it. Here's my issue with the whole thing. If I could give you like the hardcore fans issue, Ronda yeah, Rousey coming back, Ronda doesn't need to, the Royal Rumble has been used over the years as a platform to propel uh, a talent that's on the rise into the WrestleMania spot, right? You win the Royal Rumble, you get to WrestleMania, you get to pick which title you're going to go after. Ronda doesn't need that propelling she doesn't need that platform she doesn't need that she's ronda freaking rousey she comes back say tonight and says hey i'm back becky lynch you beat me in my last match three years ago i'm gonna beat your ass the fans are yeah cool ronda's back same with brock brock gets screwed out of the belt 
against you know um, Bobby Lashley via Roman Reigns. He comes back and is like, yo, you screwed me. I'm going after him. He didn't need that either. And so it felt to me, A, predictable, and B, like a missed opportunity to build up two new faces for the other title fights in, in, uh, in April at Mania. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes. When you're that big yeah, of a star, yeah, yeah. you don't need the Royal Rumble to propel you because you're already that big of a star. So that's what I think a lot of people are bummed about, and, and the predictability is obviously an issue. You, t- you talk about, like, Rousey coming back. I was watching it with my roommate, and, like, you know, she came in late, and I was like, yeah. if she shows up, she's going to win. Like, there, I just don't sure. think there's any way she's going to lose. So once she as, came. Yeah. As soon as she came out, I was like, all right, this, this ticket's right. going to cash. I, I did get hype when she won. Uh, for me, <laughs> when Roman Reigns beat like i i know that he lost to seth Rollins, but it was yeah. like the dq which that was just that was so ridiculous the, also the by the way lifts up the arm yes. and like drops it down by the way if this is uf if it's you know sterling young he should lose the belt in the dq right so he keeps the belt he as soon as that belt. happened i tried to bet it but the lines were gone i was like okay bobby lashley's going to beat brock lesnar now lesnar is going oh. to come into mania and he's gonna win but the lines were down i literally said it to my room and i was like and then as soon as lesnar lost i was like lesnar's coming in 30th and he's gonna win the wrestlemania and like you. it's exactly what he happened. called I mean, it it's, I mean, not it's not usually even me. that it's predictable like, by the way it's not will, usually, uh, yeah. but this one was very predictable it's just like from articles that i read people were like i could totally see this right. happening so yeah the predictability of it was kind of like meh but I did win money on it, so it made me like it more. And, like, you know, I got all hype when Lesnar came it's out. Fun, it's like, fun. It's fun. You could understand it's the fun. appeal, right? I mean, watching eight hours of it every week, perhaps not. No, but the, no. there, there are four big ones every year. That's one of the big ones. Uh, a lot of, so, you know, Rhonda and I have a, uh, a long storied history. She's not the biggest fan of Helwani or Heelwani. And so a lot of people ask me if I saw her backstage, because basically, you know, they don't let media back there. Uh, it's all very controlled. It's, you know, like the forbidden world backstage behind the scenes. You know, because I'm doing stuff with BT, they let us go back for a couple, just a couple matches. And let me tell you, I mean, it's just it's just the most fun just to sit back there and observe. I saw my old friend Patrick. I gave him a piece of my mind because he's been icing me lately. He basically picked the corporation side. He has DW on all the time. He doesn't have me. I was like, yo, 270 bills. I mean, like not even a phone call, not even a text. It felt a little weird, but I felt the the stiff arm, the cold shoulder. It's all good. In any event, a lot of people asked me if there was any sign of Rhonda, if we had any conversations, any locking of eyes. And so uh, I did see her from afar. I even saw her uh, husband, Travis Brown, former UFC fighter from afar. Not sure if they recognized me. I certainly saw them. Kept my distance. My feeling, I didn't get this confirmed, but my feeling was that a request was maybe brought up to do, if she won, a post-match. And it seemed to me like that was uh, that was denied. that was denied. denied. So it seems like the beef is still strong. I'm still in the penalty box, as was said to me many, many moons ago. I don't get it. It's a... A huge misunderstanding, which I would say I would, you know, I got I got thrown under the bus on that one. I talked about it many years ago, but uh, to answer all the questions, because I got a ton of questions. Did you see Rhonda? Did you talk to Rhonda? There you go. So this is this is a long-standing beef. I, I'm just now hearing about. Oh this. yeah, this is this, this dates thing, back yeah. to 2016. Uh-huh. Travis Brown comes on the show. He was accused of some stuff. Spoke to him beforehand about whether or not you know he wanted to talk about it. I said to him verbatim. Speak to Rhonda about it first. Make sure she's okay, and then we can come talk. It's a very sensitive subject. They're dating at the time. He said, cool. He gives me the thumbs up, and then I get in trouble for it. I mean, <laughs> can you believe that? <laughs> I got in trouble for it. How did I get what, – what did I do wrong? And then, of course, she hates all of MMA media because 
for some reason, she thinks we didn't treat her well after the Holly Holm fight. I will also say I saw a post-match interview with her backstage after winning the Rumble for WWE. And I just, I don't, I don't get, like, I don't know what she is. Is she a good guy? Is she a bad guy? Her whole thing about being anti-fans is weird to me. It's just, listen, give me big-time Bex all day, you know? Uh, Give me great Becky great interview with her. Thank the you. Uh, the local the Irish slang. Yeah. Oh yeah, the crack. Yeah. I did good. hit her in the face with my microphone. That was a little bit weird. Ooh, she like uh, she like ne- she like kind of like went in, and I yeah. wasn't. I was, that was that was another one where I was just like, you knew she was gonna win. Yeah. She I like, like how the like, the strategy they like uh, they make you think. Like they're always like, oh, like they make the other person. Like, it feels like the person that loses is always the one that goes out first, like looking all great, and then the other one comes back. Yeah. Sure. I mean, yeah. it's part of the. What about Seth Rollins coming out as the Shield? You must have popped for that, right? Uh, no, I, I didn't you know. know like they kept talking about the Shield. <laughs> I didn't know what any of that was. The Shield and uh, Osos or something. Osmos, Omos, or the Usos. The Usos, the Usos being Usos, barred yeah. from ringside. Yeah, that was yeah. big. Those I are his Usos. Those, those are his brothers. His, brothers, know, okay. Head of the table. Yeah, I don't know if you uh, tribal you, chief. You had your friends over at WWE send this over. Oh, what to happened? Me. They showed what up happened? in the mail uh, yesterday. A little certificate. Look at that. Predicted. Oh wow! I didn't know. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Predicted. Yeah, we're getting a little whitewashed here on the, yeah. on the with the yeah. light here. Yeah. Uh, so Pretty for those both. just listening, yep. there's a certificate the of achievement presented to Connor Burks, who predicted both winners of the Royal Rumble. Wow! I didn't realize. And and an actual seal, uh, a stamp over there from yeah. WWE, WWE. A gold WWE stamp. Yep. Wow. So thanks to the WWE. Yeah. Uh, you know. I'm proud of this one. No, that's big. That's big. Will you keep doing it, or is this a one-off? This is this is you, it. You could maybe put me TBD for WrestleMania. Okay, April. We got a few months. Oh, it's in April. Yeah, why? I was it, expecting June. Oh, too soon. I don't okay, know. Yeah. you need a break. Yeah, TBD. Now it's you got a, TBD. now you got a Peacock subscription. Yep. So that's canceled good. it already. You did? Yeah, I get the month out of it. Maybe tune in a couple episodes of The Office. Say by the bell. Yeah, I mean maybe WWE is my new shtick. The WWE Warlock, because Bellator Burks is. Yeah, he's dead well, after he's, this weekend. Dead. <laughs> Bury him in the backyard next to the dog. That's right. Wow. Okay. Uh, uh, well, I'm glad you sort of enjoyed it. Cool crowd. Yeah, no, I'd say, yeah, I'd say I enjoyed it. The crowd was incredible. 45,000 yeah. people showed up for that. A I lot was of shocked. People. It was a lot of people, yes. <laughs> that was uh, also kind of funny that it was two former UFC fighters who won the Rumble. Like, I know. Just all the like people who say justice. there's no connection between MMA and, and pro wrestling, there it is, right yeah. in front of you. MMA and, and pro wrestling are, uh, I mean... They're always going to be linked, and MMA's roots, in my opinion, are in pro wrestling. You watch that, you can see it, right? You can see the feuds, the rivalries, the showmanship, the walkouts. It's all, you know, MMA is all pro wrestling, except for the actual fights, which aren't scripted. By the way, right. a, lot, a lot of MMA fans on the roster, it's always interesting when you see the, the you know, I'm just saying, like, the people who recognize me or who want to talk to me about fighting, uh, the coolest part by far is just... You're just back there, and it's like, oh, the Undertaker oh, yeah. walks up to I you. I noticed you didn't tell Becky Lynch that we all said hi from the control room. Well, that was uh, uh, that was off camera. Okay, it's like yeah. everyone loved. I mean, you. I was watching that he's part. Lying. I'm like, yeah. he's about to mention it. No, no, Never everyone happened. loved you on the show. You're welcome anytime. Um, we're all big fans. I mean, I saw Seth, her husband, the baby was in the the bus, but you know, it's just it's wild, you know. Backstage at WWE, who would have thunk it, right? And no yeah. beef jerky. <laughs> no beef jerky, yes. I'm, ha- I'm happy to report no beef jerky, although... Uh, happy this, to report. Yeah, I just couldn't do what it. What life do you live? Uh, I, didn't, I didn't go very far, but did you guys know that the, the local thing over there, the local delicacy, actually isn't beef jerky? 
everywhere that I went and everyone on Twitter who saw that I was there, I took multiple different angles of the arch because that's pretty much as far as I went. Um, it's a very nice structure. They all said toasted ravioli. That's the thing. Oh, I've had fried ravioli. It's fantastic. But I never had it. Frank, you ever mm. have it? Never even heard of that. Toasted ravioli. I don't even know how you toast it. You put it in the oven? I maybe regret not having it, but everyone said you got to try the toasted ravioli. Next time. Next time. All right. Next time. I think we got Semtex coming up. So overall, a fun night. Fun uh, you night. didn't lose too much. You didn't called it when she was a plus 1,400. I mean. And, uh, I mean, you did sort of hedge with three other bets, you know. It's a 30-person thing. Come on. You got to take a couple. You got to take one or two. The other fun thing to do, by the way, is if you, like, you do a pool and you draw numbers. Uh, So you pick out 17, and then that's your person. That's what a lot of people do. So it just is just a total Johnny Knoxville. Yeah. That was kind of fun, right? That was fun, but he was, like, in and out. Yeah. Bad Bunny? You see Bad Bunny? Yeah, Bad Bunny. That was He did the Canadian Destroyer? Yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, thank you very much, and we'll talk on Wednesday uh, regarding Sean Strickland. There he is. What's the other one? Well, LFA. And O's got to go in in Indiana. (laughs) Hammond, Indiana, and O's got to go. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, thank you. This is great. Uh, He is all in. LFA Burks, uh, kind enough to join us here. Okay. Um, Really looking forward to our next guest. Legend of the game. Returning to action in May, and uh, the birdies are saying that uh, this is going to be a big one. So without further ado, let's go to old-time friend Paul Semtex Daly, the pride of England, joining us right now via the magic of Zoom. There he is, Semtex, my man. How are you, Paul? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Oh, my. It is. Uh, it has been a while, my friend, since we last spoke. Uh, you're active, you're fighting, and I believe you'll be fighting. You'll be returning to action in May, correct, for that Bellator show uh, that is headlined by MVP. Yep, May thirteenth will be my last one. Um, it will it will be my retirement fight. You know, uh, after many years in the game, you know the the hours on the road and hours in the gym, years have, have caught up with me. And now every morning I wake up with a bad back and I'm I'm just tired. You're tired. <laughs> so this tired. is it. This is it. You I'm will tired. retire after this fight on May thirteenth. Yeah, most definitely. You know, I've 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 put in a lot of time in the sport, um, and I'm in a position to retire. Fortunately, um, so yeah, I'm going to retire. I, I don't want to be one of those fighters who's getting knocked out all the time by the younger guys. I want to be a guy who goes out, you know, when when I want to go out. Difficult decision to make. Not not really. I've been planning for it for for a long time. You know. Um, yeah, you know, I, I've been planning for it for a long time. I've I've had a lot of fights, you know, Bellator have treated me well while I've been there. And I, I always knew it was going to be my last promotion. So, you know, I, I put things in place that, so that when I do call it a day, I, I can do so comfortably. Was it very important for you whenever that time came to have your last fight in England? Yeah, definitely. You know, I tried to get it in, um... Hamasi was going to be my last fight, but Bellator wanted to, to put it in America. Um, and I don't think the UK at the time were, allow, were allowing uh, uh, shows, uh, people to travel over for productions, to, to produce a show over here. So, um, yeah, that was going to be my last fight. Then they offered uh, Jason Jackson with title implications. So then I took that fight. 
And then uh, that didn't go my way. So, you know, I owe it to my, to my fans, my family to have this last fight over here in the UK. So in reality, you were prepared to walk away because that Sabah Hamasi fight was last April, April 2021. You were prepared to walk away yeah. a year ago almost. Yeah, I was done. I was done. Um, but, you know, the fight, it was an entertaining fight. It went well. You know, it could have gone his way, but it went my way. Um, and then the Jason Jackson fight was kind of flat. And, I, you know, I I could have that as my last. Well, that was my last fight in America. I'm, right. It didn't go the way I wanted it, but the, this is going to be my last fight for sure, and it will be here in the UK. Part of the reason why, as you say, it was flat, is it just maybe because, like, you're starting to just kind of reach the end of the road and you're lacking that motivation? Yeah, you know, I, it's, it, you know, I don't feel good saying it, but, yeah, that's that's the truth, you know. Yeah, he... I made attempts to get up and, you know, I wanted to show a little bit of my ground game working for Camorras and stuff like that. But my my feeling coming into the fight, my feeling after the fight was one of like, I just didn't give a fuck, you know, mm. so I lost. You know, I've lost, pl- I've lost plenty of fights. Um, e- even with the, the you know, Bellator dangling the carrot of it, of it being, um, you know, having title implications, the fight wasn't going my way and I didn't, want to put that extra effort in to, to, you know, to, to you know, to, to change the scorecards as such. You know, I gave a little push at the end, but I was in no rush to burst to my feet or, you know, defend these takedowns. Uh, I was a flat performance by myself. And so um, at this point, they haven't announced who you're fighting yet, have they? No, but they've given me a short list. So I have a, sh- a short list of opponents. Who do we and- got? Who do we got? Let's back. I can't say, Come bro. On. Why not? It's, it's, it's your last fight. Who cares? No one's gonna get mad say. at you. It's, yeah, but it's 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 not an interesting fight. To be fair, it's not a name, you know, which I don't understand. It's it's a young gun from uh, the Eastern Block. Um, you know, he's twenty five years old, decent record, striker. So it, it makes for a good fight on paper. You know, this is. He's not with Bellator at the moment, but this oh. is his big opportunity to to show up um, on a Bellator card and take out the aging veteran um, in myself. So it you know it makes for a good storyline. Uh, would you have like if if you could have written the script yourself? Is there one guy that you would retire against? Like if you had your pick, anyone? How does it end? Someone suggest someone suggested. Uh, Tyron Woodley. I thought that would be an interesting fight. Oh wow! And that was fought fun. back in the day. Yeah, he went on to achieve the you know the UFC what what title. You know things have been going for him well for him in the fight game recently. Having gotten knocked out by by uh, the YouTuber Jake yeah. Paul. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought it was and, and I he no he inboxed me and I said look I think it'll be a good fight. He says along the lines of people have. Written him off already, and he's plotting. He's plotting something, but I wasn't in 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 that in that plan, so he declined to fight me. Ah, okay. And so that was the one. Other like t- you're fighting. A that young- would have been it. That would have been interesting. Right. I think you know it would have been interesting. It was a close fight, um, and he went on to achieve great things. And you know, I like him. He's a likable guy, so I thought it was a, it was a good fight to put together. Mm. Um, and so if it's this young guy, like, does that motivate you or just maybe just the fact that it's the retirement fight, that's motivation enough? Is this some guy? Yeah. Okay. You don't want to go out on a loss. I like Wembley. I like fighting at Wembley. Right. I, li- I like, you know, my family and friends being able to see me fight. Um, and, 
I'm, I'm always motivated to train. Um, sometimes just, you know, sometimes in the fight, you need that extra bit. And it hasn't been there recently. Um, you know, the Sabah victory was uh, Sabah massive victory. That was just instinct. And, and, you know, but I think for this fight, you're going to see, see one of the best versions of myself. I definitely want to go out with one of my career best performances. Is that putting a lot of pressure on you? Not really, because it, it, you know, it, maybe this is what I need. Maybe I haven't felt like I've had the pressure for a while, mm. um, you know, since since uh, beating MVP in the, the Grand Prix um, tournament. Um, I haven't had that kind of pressure. So I've not really wanted to, to train or, or been motivated to train. But now this being the final fight, family, friends, students, neighbors are going to be watching it. So, yeah. It'll be my best. It's making me a little bit sad, Paul. I mean, you've been such a fixture. <laughs> 2003, Come you on. debuted. 2003, my friend. Could you have ever imagined almost 20 years you would have lasted in this That's game? That's ridiculous. No, and I don't think anyone could have imagined it, you know, especially the guys over at the UFC. I don't think there is another fighter in the history of the sport who's been dealt uh, the cards I have and gone on to achieve um, the success I have Um in the cage, you know, I was, yeah, I put a post out this, no one was making money fighting. Um, I was in the one place where you can make decent money fighting and they banned me for life. And then whatever, how many years later, 15 years later, I'm still in the sport. I've made good money. My retirement is secure. My family is secure. Um, I don't think nobody, nobody else has done that. And I've still kept some relevance in the game. You know, I, I can go all over the world and be recognized. And I was only in the UFC for three fights. So wow. a lot of that recognition comes from the from the work that I've done on the road. I don't feel there's another fighter, Barfado, that, that can say he has that kind of recognition. Um, having not spent, you know, years and years in, in the UFC. Have you come to terms with the whole UFC thing? Like, do you think it's going to be something that's going to bother you forever? Or are you at peace with it all? You know, it's a cliche, but everything happens for a reason. And I've always believed that people, if they want to see you fight, they're going to come with you. They're going to follow you. And I have since day one, you know, I've been knocking people out. People have always loved to see me fight. You know, I've always been a feature in every promotion I've been with. I've always been a main event. I've been on the posters. And I think if you have that, then you can have a career, you know, even if it, if it meant me going from, the MGM grant to fight in front of 500, 500 people. I knew I would always get back to the heights of the sport because there, there, there's very few people that bring the kind of intensity to the cage when, when I'm on my best form. Mm. And so, okay. So at this point, do you feel as though, you know, it's been such a long run. I was just talking to Randy Couture about this. Do you feel as though Semtex with this crazy sport, with the amount of fights that are going on every weekend and fighters, Again, I, I say this all the time, and the fans might get annoyed at me, continue to say it, but I don't feel like we honor the legends of this game enough. I don't think we remind people. Like, you were, you posted that thing on your Instagram with the cage rage belt and all this stuff. Like, how many yeah. people watching the sport now even know what cage rage is? <laughs> how many know what Elite Nobody. XC is? Does, does that, it bums me out. That bums me out. Does that not bum you yeah. out? It, it, doesn't, it doesn't bum me out, but it kind of says that it's time to, to step back, you know? I, you know, I'm doing these tours with, with the young fighters from my gym, and I'm going to all these um, MMA shows and, and doing these interclubs. And, you know, their coach will say, oh, I'm going to take a picture of him. And, and the, the fighters that he's trained, like, 
who is he? Who is the guy? No, no, nobody knows. And that that's my time. That's my time that says, you know what? I've done two generations worth in the sport. You know, this next generation, they don't, they don't really care who I am. You know, they're walking like McGregor or or they're they're, you know, marketing themselves with hair like the, the Sugar Shane or something. No one knows who Semtex is in in that age age right. category, you know, the young ones coming up. So it's time to step back. When were you your happiest in this sport? Like when you think back to like, wow, it was all mm-hmm. with fond memories. What comes to mind? You know what I said? Cage Rage. I think really? Cage Rage were the, for me, yeah, I know people will say, well, the UFC and the UFC yeah. strike force, but for me, because I was, I, I was, you know, I was at my, my best. I was 26. Um, um, I was a British champion and I was a world champion. And to, you know, people now, that doesn't mean much. But at the time, I keep saying this, it was Anderson Silva who was a champion. It was Vito Belfort mm. who was also the other champions, you know, so. For me, it was a uh, it was a major part of my career, and um, and I owe it to Cage Rage for pretty much most of my career. You know, we was on Sky Sports here in the UK, which is our, our main uh, sporting network before any other promotion. Uh, Cage Rage was selling out the same arena that Bellator are just in now. We was doing that in two thousand seven and selling that out with me as the main event. So, th- those were my best times, and. Um, those are the ones that I remember most. Can you explain? Because I saw, again, as I said, I saw on your Instagram, you had to basically like recreate the belt because they took the belt away from you? Yeah. What happened there? No, no, they didn't, they didn't take the belt away from me. They gave it to Addison Silva. Well, okay. and, uh, <laughs> I think they, <laughs> Why? Yeah, I think, it was, I think Gary, Gary Shaw only had one belt. I think it was just before, before uh, you know, they decided to concentrate more on, on LEXE in America and the whole, and uh, Kimbo Slice. Um, yeah, yeah. RIP. Um, so yeah, they only made one world belt and they gave it to Anderson Silva. And although I could probably knock Anderson Silva out, I thought at the time it was probably best to just let him fly back to Brazil with the belt. Um, so I let him, I let him take it. <laughs> and so now you found someone who recreated it for you. Yeah. So we, I reached out to, to, um, Budo Apparel on uh, Instagram and they, they made the belt for me at a fraction of the cost as well. But um, it's not the same, but it it will do. It will look good enough in this in, in the photo shoots and, and hanging on my wall in the office. Um, that that time with Elite XC Pro Elite and they were gobbling up all the different promotions all over the world. How crazy was that? And 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 are you, you know, are you, like in retrospect, you look back on that time, like oh man, I wish they didn't do that. I wish they did do that. Like how do you look back on that? Because it was an insane Gary Shaw Scala, all that craziness. <laughs> Scarlet, yeah, it it was it was it was fun. Elixir was was a good time as well, you know. Um, Gary Shaw brought a different energy to MMA. You know, he was coming from boxing, and obviously his son Scarlet brought, brought something different. Um, and it was enjoyable. You know, I was I was traveling the world with the promotion. I got to fight in Atlantic City, Miami. It, it was it was fun. Yeah. Do you uh do you ever think if you would have you know gone down the boxing route, things would be di- like do you, do you ever think about that or that wasn't really I mean you had that mm-hmm. left hand. Do you know do you know what people um they they I, I love fighting but I, I all people have some misconception about me if you if you ask anyone from when I was a kid my my dream was always to be a ninja so my attachment is not just to fighting it's to the martial arts 
And, you know, I, I started off um, in the traditional martial arts, traditional jiu-jitsu and stuff like that. And to fight and be a martial artist and get paid has always been a dream of mine, the one that I've achieved. Boxing, as much as I'm a fan of the sport, if, if my heart's not in it, mm. um, and, it, you know, it's something that, you know, I've, I've never missed it. No, I've never missed the opportunity to regret it because... I'm a boxing fan. I've, I've never thought of myself as a boxer. I've always thought of myself as a martial artist. So I, I want to pick up, uh, I want to I mention this text message because you, and, and it's not like I'm breaking any rules. You posted a screenshot of it on your story of, of uh, you know, me reaching out to you. But yeah. you did say something yeah. in the text that kind of caught, um, yeah. you know, my eye. When I reached out to you, okay, I said, hey, mate, hope you're doing well. Is it true May will be your last one? <clears throat> You wrote, I'm good, brother. Yes, 100%. This will be my last MMA fight. And I thought it was interesting that you put the word MMA <laughs> in there, not just fight. Yeah. Is there, am I looking into things or is there a reason why you specifically? Possibly, possibly. Oh, what do we got, Paul? What do we got? Yeah, yeah, possibly. You know, um, there, uh, yeah, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? And again, you posted this on the thing. So I was like, all right, this is fair game. What, is it? Are we thinking kickboxing? No, we're not thinking. We're not thinking kickboxing. There, there are some opportunities that may be available to me um, in different arenas of of combat sport. Interesting. So this um, might not be the last yeah. time we see you competing. It would be, just be the last time we see you competing in MMA. Yeah, but you know the thing. The thing that 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 is um, on the table is not something that will be another career ah. it will be more respect more respectable than anything paul daly versus jake paul that would be crazy yeah that would be crazy. you're kind of on you're kind of <laughs> you're kind of on the right path but oh oh i like oh, it. oh, oh you're almost there you're almost oh i got there, it i got it i got it can, no can i guess <laughs> No, no guess. No, okay, we're not fine. doing this guessing. No guesses. <laughs> I mean, you wrote MMA. I was like, oh, what does Paul have up his sleeve? Okay, that is interesting. Okay, this is interesting. Um, yeah. Oh wow. Okay, now I'm all. Uh, now the wheels are turning. I don't even know mm. if I'm on the right path. In any yeah. event, uh, <laughs> for you, are you still going? You're you, you have the gym and everything, so you're still going to be a part of the sport, right? Are you going to coach? What What are you going to? Yeah. Coach? What's the next step? Yeah, I'm. I'm. For me, it's just more time for me to rest. You know, I've been. It's a hell of a long time doing the, the at the pace I've done it. If you see how many fights I've had, and I've never really had a break. So my main focus is on resting. And yeah, the gym is there, but the gym has always been there. You know, I've been a professional fighter, but I've always ran the gym. I've always been a coach, um, which I don't know if many people know that. Um, but yeah, I have other businesses um, and other business opportunities. And I'm okay, you know, it's, it, you know, people are worried. People, um, some of the younger fighters um, that my coaches coach, are like, well, what's he going to do? Like, shit, you think I've been fighting for free? I've done extremely well out of the sport and I'm not, I'm not one to brag. And But I've read, you very rarely see me complain about how much I'm compensated in the sport. And I know it's, they print one thing, but what they print is not always the whole right. story. So, right, right. you know, I, I've, I've done well out of the sport. Um, and, and I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna be okay. How's the body feeling? The body's fucked, bro. Really? <laughs> what, what hurts the most? The body's, 
No, my back. My back. Is, really? You no, know, my back is. And I, you know, you always hear it. Uh, I went to like a pre-fight medical. The guy says, "Oh, you've had a lot of fights. You know, a couple more fights, you're gonna start to feel it on your body." And uh, you know, I dismissed him, and then I've started waking up with a bad back. You know, I've got to get my weight down for this fight, so I'm on my runs. My joints are hurting. Hmm. I'm falling asleep while I'm watching Netflix films, but it's only three or three o'clock in the afternoon. Um, you know, it's, it's catching up with me. I never thought it'd be like that, but it's t- it's definitely time to 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 stop fighting or or trying to compete at the level that I am. You know, there, there's younger, more hungry fighters than I am. I'm not hungry. I can still fight, but I don't, I'm not hungry. I'm not interested in all the gimmicky stuff on inst- on Instagram and that shit. That's that's not me. Um, so I'm going to leave it to the young ones and I'm just going to step back. I remember way back in the day when I was trying to convince you to go on Twitter. Now you're on Instagram. You're like Mr. Social Media. Yeah. Hey, but remember, <laughs> I'm not Mr. Social Media. My my management signed me up to Instagram. Yeah. I, I didn't even want to be on all of that. And and I, I still don't. It has been useful. It's been useful. It's been useful. Because yeah. it, it, it has gives people a little insight, sure. not the whole picture, obviously, but it gives people a little insight. And it's been great for my business in, in the gym at Spirit Dojo Legacy. Follow that page. Um, so, yeah. Are you worried about uh, your brain, all the shots over the years? Why? Am I, am I stuttering? Am I slurring? No, but you didn't. You no, you, I mean, you mentioned falling asleep <laughs> in the middle of the day. So that seems to be something that is, uh, you know, top yeah. of mind. No, I, yeah, I mean, 20 years getting punches a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's 20... I've, I've, I'm kind of unscathed in the sport, you know. I, I've got, um, I'm fans of, of fighters that are older than me and they're getting knocked out and they're still returning to the cage. I'm like, I want to be done way before then. I don't ever want that to be to be me. Okay, I'm, I've lost a few as I've got older, but there's submissions. You, you've not seen me like, you've never seen me stiffened out like an ironing board, like straight planking. And when, when that starts to happen and it happens repeatedly, then I think you should step back. And I, th- I think there's some fighters out there that haven't and they, and they probably should. And I don't want to be one of those guys. Can I ask you, uh, I'm putting you on the spot here, but again, a lot of new fans. You've had some of the greatest knockouts in the history of this sport, and especially with that left hand. I mean, just a thing of beauty where you have stiffened people, right? I mean, scary, vicious knockouts. Yes, Can we get the top three yeah. Semtex knockouts? Three, two, one. Can you rank them for us? Top three. Top three. Yeah, number knockouts. three. Number three would be Dustin Hazlett. Okay. Ooh. For me. Yeah, UFC. Because yeah, that was bad. That was. Bad. Um, Let me get the. Let, yeah. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess. Top of mind, that was 2009. Was that 2009? Let me see here. Uh, or maybe 2010. I'm pu- I'm pulling it up. I just want the people to know so they have a reference. They can look these up. Dustin Hazlett was 2010, January of 2010. So I was almost right on the money. Yeah. A vicious KO, UFC 108. I wonder if uh, your second yeah. one is going to be around that. Okay, what's your second one? No, my second one is going to be uh, Scott Smith. Oh, my God. That, uh, that, uh, wow, if that's your that second, classic. I can't imagine that's what's your second. favorite. I mean, that was so amazing. Um, December of 2010. Yeah. In fact, I was just in St. Louis over the weekend, that fight was in ah, St. Louis. That's, that's, yeah, that was, was the last time. Louis. The last time I was in St. Louis was for that card. Remember yeah. how vicious that card was? You, that Babalu, Robbie Lawler, yeah. Matt Linlin. You remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Legends on there. Some of some of whom people would not even know, like Matt Linlin. Yeah. Shit. 
But anyway, yeah, that one, that one comes in at number two. Okay, number one. Number one, because of, because of the sequence has to be Brendan Ward because it was just, it was poetry in motion, spinning elbow off the arm drag to a jumping, flying, switch knee finish. It doesn't get better than that. That's doesn't number get one. Better than that. January of 2017. That's number one. That's number one, definitely. And it and and it was it was um, I think I was the co-main event or maybe possibly the co-main event to uh, Tito Ortiz or who was cheesy as he is was one of the first <laughs> first uh, uh, heroes of the sports I man I looked up at him yeah. looked up to him because uh, you know he had shit together with punishment athletics he was he was sharp on the marketing and he he used to bring energy to the cage so. That was a surreal moment because I, I was co-main event to Tio, so that's definitely number one. What a highlight reel, man! Unbelievable. Could I ask you, Paul, before I let you go? Like, if uh, you say you're fine and you did it the right way, almost twenty years is an incredible achievement. If you could give advice to someone just entering the sport right now, what comes to mind? What would you tell a youngster getting into the sport, hoping to have the longevity and the success that you had? It's hard because there's there's nobody. Uh, everybody's mindset has changed and everybody has a gimmick and it's kind of irritating but my advice would be to be yourself and I think very few people in the sport this is not even to do with training or anything like that I think just generally if you can if you're genuine and and fans fans will receive that and you'll you'll have a career these gimmick guys it, it, it might get you views it might get you likes but you know it doesn't get you the, the real love that, that the sport can give you for, for over 20 years. And I've not been on these big shows, you know, I've been, I've just, I've done it the hard way. I've done it the hard way, but I've, I've done it. I've done it. Do you, do you wish that um, now that you're, you're walking away for, for guys like you who have done it the hard way, who put in the time, who've sacrificed their bodies, do you wish that there was something, a pension, something for you guys, you put in the time, there's some sort of retired fighters association that takes, you know, takes care of you guys. If you're smart, if you're smart, I started fighting professionally in 2007, I think. And I've been putting into a private pension from my per fight purses since 2007. Wow. So I'm okay. I'm okay. You're right. All right. I'm happy to hear that. Amazing. <laughs> uh, the debut was June 29, 2003. Do you remember the name of the, uh, the event? Shit, no. <laughs> Do you remember where no. it was? Uh, uh, Extreme Brawl. Extreme yeah. Brawl. Extreme Brawl. What number? Yeah. <laughs> what number? What number? Do you remember the number? Uh, number th Extreme Brawl eight. Ah, close three. You were gonna say it. Oh, I was gonna say three. Yeah, I was gonna say. Do you three. remember the opponent? Yeah. John John Donnelly. John Connolly. Connolly. See, I was close. You were okay. close. See, maybe I've took a few, few <laughs> no, too many I punches mean, to the head. <laughs> in, where was it? Where was it? Bracknell Leisure Center. That's right. That's right. And amazingly, yeah. you won that fight via KO, of course. Lost the next two. Yep. And then you went on a big run. And kept going. You kept going, man. And kept going. You kept going. What and a kept run. Going. Congratulations on a great Thank career, my friend. It was uh, amazing. Always, always look forward to a Semtex fight, no matter the card. And you were always very kind to me and always gave me the time. And I will never forget you. And I will, you know, make sure that people don't forget you. And so thank you for all the memories. Thank you for all the fights. And good luck in May. And I hope that you go out with a W, my friend. You deserve that.
thank you very much. And, and thank you for, for being being true t- to me as well, because like you say, I've known I've known you for a long while. Um, and you don't have to have me on the show. You, you you've got you're you're extremely successful and and you're you're doing your thing. So uh I appreciate it. For sure, man. Without people like you, I don't get to do this for a living. So thank you so much, Paul, and good luck to you. Okay. All thank right. you very much. Talk to you soon. Thank there you. he is. Bye. Semtex, Bye. the freaking legend. It is crazy for those that don't know. It is absolute crazy that uh, you know, his his UFC career ended. You know, in a controversial way, he's fighting Josh Koscheck. They don't like each other. It was very heated. UFC 113 in Montreal, by the way, Montreal, May of 2010. I love doing those interviews. Those are my fa- I could do those all day with those guys that I know a lot of you don't remember who they are, weren't watching when they were on top doing their thing. But I'll never forget Casey and I in the back in Montreal interviewing Koscheck right after that you know, fights over, Mergliata tries to step in, he hits him with the, I think it was the left, um, after the bell. So, you know, anyone will admit it was late, it was it was not the right thing to do, it was unsportsmanlike, say all of that. We're actually talking to Koscheck in the hallway as Shogun Hua is beating Lyoto Machida to win the light heavyweight title back in May of 2010 in Montreal. That was a crazy stretch. 2010 was nuts, because I think the next week we went to St. Louis, actually, to do a strike force card May 15th. Um, it was just an amazing stretch in the sport. And then, unfortunately, he got banned from the UFC and um, never got back in. But thanks to the likes of Force and Bama and, of course, Bellator later on, he was able to make a great career for himself and right now has a 43 and 18 and 2 record 43 18 and 2 record unbelievably and uh a pretty great kickboxing record as well 21 and 3 debuted in June of 2003 and May 13th is going to be his final fight back home in the UK so congratulations to Paul Semtex Daily on a phenomenal run and uh, always great to talk to him I really appreciate his time all right uh we've got one more guest and uh, everyone is very excited to hear from this man. He has been very much in the news over the past week, over the past year. He was, uh, his, his, his feud with the MMA world, with the UFC, with Dana White, was our story of the year for 2021. And if you thought it was the story of the year in 2021, I, I can't even imagine how it's going to end up by the time this year is over because one month, 31 days into the year, it has reached a whole other level. Last week, we know about all the stuff that went down. We shall talk about it all and then some with the one and only the problem child, Jake Paul, who's been referenced a few times on the show today by different people. Jake, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good, man. <laughs> uh, by the way, is that still a Christmas tree up? Yeah, bro. I, you know, every day is a gift. That's right. So I keep my Christmas tree up every day. I love it, though. It's lit. All year you keep it up? And pro- No, nah, I'll probably take it down, like around Valentine's Day. Okay. But when I was a kid growing up, we would, we would keep it for a while. Um, I, I, I'm not Christian. I don't celebrate Christmas. I love Christmas. And I'm always asking people, like, how long do you keep the tree up? So I, I couldn't help but notice yours was still up you know, January 31st. It Whenever I see it, it like reminds me to be in like the holiday spirits yeah, and yeah. Like just have a good mood. So. No, I love it. Um, and, and for the record, I just want to let you know, because I saw you tweeting a lot about it. Uh, no diaper, my, you know, the bowel movements are good. 
Uh, but I appreciate all the tweets and the, the commentary. Of, I mean, I never thought my bowel movements would be so much uh, in the news, but thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. I, well, part of the reason I was tweeting is to warn you yeah. so that you wouldn't <laughs> shit yourself. Now, But uh, I was thinking you might shit yourself. I don't know. No, no, no. I'm glad to hear that you're okay. All was good. All was good. I appreciate it. Uh, huge week for you. Before we get into all the, the Dana stuff, the UFC stuff, congratulations on being a huge part in getting the Katie Taylor, Amanda Serrano fight done. Biggest women's fight in boxing history without a shadow of a doubt. April 30th, Madison, big Madison Square Garden, not the Hulu Theater. It's a big deal. Um, and I know you were involved and I know Nikisa was involved. Could I ask, in your humble opinion... Does this fight not get done if you're not involved? Are you the reason why this fight got done? I think a big reason, but, you know, I owe all the credit to uh, Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano for being, you know, two of the pound for pound greatest female fighters to have ever lived. And, you know, they've been trying to put this fight on. I think they just needed that extra sauce. So it's all, it's all of our efforts in, in getting this done and, it's what needed to happen for women's boxing um, to, to progress it forward and get women paid more. And so it's historic in many ways uh, in more than one way. And I don't want to take any credit, you know, like I'm, I think Amanda Serrano is an amazing person and I'm willing to help her in any way possible, whether it's being a friend or, or being a manager. So um, I give them the credit. Are you at liberty to say how much Amanda is going to make for this fight? Yeah, they're they're getting paid in the seven figures, which wow. is historic. It's it's never happened um, for for women guaranteed seven figures plus you know pay per view. Obviously, you know it's going to be a massive pay per view. So th this is life changing, I think for for both for both girls and especially I know for Amanda Serrano, because I, I heard her stories about how much she was getting paid since day one, uh, you know, and that's what really initially sparked my um, desire to want to help her. Cause I was like, how are you, how is the only boxer to win more, um, you know, in, in more weight divisions, championships, Manny Pacquiao, you're, you're in second place behind Manny Pacquiao with seven, um, you know, weight divisions where they won championships and, and uh, you're getting paid like $20,000. This is absurd. And so even in her recent fights, nowhere near what she's going to make in this fight. She, so she's still, her last fight was still a career high. Okay. Uh, but now it's a whole nother level, you know, and, and I'm excited. This is going to be a massive fight. It's going to be so big. Everyone's talking about, you know, the, the historic moments and the money. And I agree. Like, let's talk about all of those things. But I'm excited to see the fight. Like, I'm excited to see the two greatest of their of their craft in a similar weight division going at it. Uh, that's what I'm most excited for. Yes. I mean, you never see the top pound for pound fighter fight someone who's number three. Katie's number one. She's number three. Uh, this has never happened. Also, first time in the history of Madison Square Garden that two female boxers headline a show, which is insane when you think about all the fights that have happened at MSG. You and Eddie Hearn co-promoting, I think, will be very fun. How do you feel about Mr. Hearn? Are you? I know he was one of the first guys to really kind of accept you and embrace you and work with you when you were coming up. 
do you do you have a good relationship with him? Are you gonna maybe relish the the verbal sparring if there is any with him leading up to this fight? Because I saw you put up a story. Who's gonna promote it better, you or him? So I was wondering if that's to come. Yeah, there'll be a little bit of a rivalry, I think, on the promoter side. But I I love Eddie. I think he's a sharp, intelligent, handsome guy. And um, it's it's all love. And he was one of the first to sort of believe in this, you know, whatever you want to call it, YouTube boxing is what it really first started as. And he saw the power behind it. So I, I give him a ton of credit for, you know, taking taking some gambles there um, initially early on before he's an innovator. He he's ahead of the curve. He's a visionary and that's why he's done so well, you know, and that's why he, you know, I would say today is, uh, the, the most famous outspoken boxing promoter. Um, another one. And last thing on this fight is another famous outspoken boxing promoter is Mr. Bob Arum of top rank. He has a show the same night, uh, the great Shakur Stevenson against Oscar Valdez. He recently said that, you know, that's the one to watch. It's not really a competition, all that stuff. Did you see his comments? And if so, what did you make of them? The, it's awful, you know, and it's, it's so lewd and, and disrespectful and he's so behind the times he's a dinosaur and um, he's miseducated and he clearly doesn't have women around him or po- powerful women around him to, to tell him like, yo, you're an idiot. Like, I don't even know if he has a, a wife, but if I was Bob Aram's wife and I heard him say that I would smack him in the head. Like it's disrespectful. It's uh, it's just awful to see that. And, and I feel bad for, you know, any female fighter that is signed to him. You know, I, I, I believe Michaela Turner signed to him. Um, Mayor. I feel, bad, I feel bad for her, you know. And, and how could you be signed to a promoter who literally says that you're basically worthless? Mm. It, it's, it's a huge issue. And Bob Arum has done a bunch of stuff that I don't like when he, you know, verbally like basically assaulted Mike Coppinger and like he's just he's just like a egotistical old man who's behind the times and is I guess losing grasp of reality in the world around him so that was one of the big things that you did last week the other big thing um and there were multiple was uh dropping the diss track on uh Friday morning the uh yeah, did you did you want to say something yeah, no, and I just wanted to clear it up, clear the air like a little bit too with people are like, oh, what, you know, which fight are we going to watch? Shakur Stevenson or Oscar Valdez, or are we going to watch Serrano and Taylor? The, the answer is both fights. Both are amazing fights, you know, and unfortunately they're on, on the same date. Uh, I was talking to Shakur and I was like, yo, I'll walk out with you for your fight. Like, I'm so excited to come. And then you know, days later, oh. they're like, okay, the only date we can get for Madison Square Garden is April 30th. And so I was like, I texted Shakur, I was like, yo, I, I'm sorry, like, this just so happened to line up on the same dates, you know how this this is. And so there's no beef, there's no rivalry there. It's really what Bob Aram said. And I'm in full support of people watching both fights. And I, by the way, you know, w- will try to be watching both fights. And I know that the promotions aren't going to run them at the same time. So I'm still going to watch their fight, you know, on, on my, on my uh, iPhone while I'm, I'm at the event, you know, if it, if it lines up with the times correctly. Um, and I appreciate that. So the diss track, why did you make this? It, it, it was 
first and foremost, it's needed, you know, and people seem to forget that Dana White started harassing me and talking about me before I started going at him, you know, saying uh, my fights are fixed or I'm not fighting people in my weight class and basically criticizing me, saying I'm not a real fighter. And so that's really where the drama started. It was in one of his post-fight press conferences. And uh, from that moment on, the, the, the feud has just gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. And I've gotten increasingly more involved in the fight game and increasingly more involved in like passionate about fighter pay. And I, I said it a while ago, like, yo, there needs to be a fighter's union. And I am trying to, uh, th- th- there's a saying coupe de te, coupe de te. It's, it, I believe it's a French saying, yes. and it's like basically like an overthrow of the uh, government or, or the, the author- authoritative figures. I, I am trying to spark the coup de tay. I want to be, you know, one of the players involved in, in making change and and showing how mistreated fighters are, both on boxing and on the MMA side. It just Dana White seems to be, you know, uh, the the most prominent and most malicious person in the space and the biggest culprit. Um, and because of our feud, uh, you know, I'm going, I'm going after him and everyone feels the same way. I know all the fighters feel the same way. It's Francis Naganu, like, it's just absurd what he's doing, like getting paid 600 K. Meanwhile, you know, the heavyweight boxers are getting paid 30 million, 10 million. Um, so I'm trying to spark a revolution. Um, it just so happens by the way that I speak French. I'm from French-speaking Quebec. So if you mention this word in other interviews, can I tell you, you did get the definition right, but the P is actually signed. So it's coup. Coup. D'etat. D'etat. Coup d'etat. Coup d'etat. Great. Yeah. There you go. Just, you know, I want to, I'm just looking out. I'm just looking out. But yes. uh, It's a a great saying though. Yeah. It means what you said about it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to do and, and just be one of the, uh, spokespersons with, I have a platform, right. And I've always tried to use it for good, whether or not people will agree with that. When you really boil down the facts, I've always used my platform for good. And that's all I'm continuing to currently do. And it just so happens I'm one of the very few people who can actually speak upon this subject um, because everyone else in some way or another seems to need Dana White uh, for some reason, but I don't. And uh, I think he he's an awful person. No one I've ever met has anything good to say about him. So when there's people like that in power, you know, we as the small militia, I guess, need to need to take matters into our own hands to get shit done. And I'm sparking a change that, you know, this shit might not matter for 10 or 20 or 30 more years, but eventually there will be this change and that's all we could push for. So one of the main things that I get anytime I talk about you, this story, and not only do I get it, but I just see it being written about, tweeted about and all that is, and I'm sure you see it as well. Oh, he doesn't really mean this. 
this isn't really sincere. He doesn't really care about fighter pay or fighters. He's just, uh, you know, he's just leeching on. He's just trying to make a name for himself. He's a grifter. I see this constantly. And it's impossible for me to say what you mean and don't mean. But what is your response to people? Because that's the main thing I hear. He doesn't really care. He doesn't really mean this. What is your response to people who believe that? Uh, you'll see. Because <laughs> I'm not letting off the gas anytime soon. And I've spent a bunch of my own money on, on this matter and pushing for these things. And I wake up every day with it as a purpose on my mind. And I think I've done more than enough to show that for women's boxing fighter pay equality fighters, boxing promoters, I've done more than enough in terms of actions. And, you know, even my cards previously, almost every fighter that has been on it, it's their highest payday always. So I've gotten Tyron Woodley, his highest payday, Ben Askren, his highest payday. Um, so these fighters who are always mistreated, I'm, I'm taking action, you know, and I, and I'm backing it up and I'm not letting off anytime soon. And I actually care. I actually, I actually give a fuck, you know, and it, I've done too much, uh, and it's nothing to me. Like, I like this. I enjoy this. I, I feel the responsibility to be a part of this movement and it's getting traction. And that's exactly what I wanted. I'm excited to continue to be one of the leaders of this conversation. Um, so for people that don't think I'm serious about it, you'll see, you know, we, we're, we're already in talks with lawyers to begin uh, we're, we're, we're talking to lawyers to begin a process to start a fighter's union. So I'm not t spending all my time and money. Like, bro, I could do anything. I made $45 million this last year. I have a badass girlfriend. I have Lamborghinis. I, I can go to the club. I could, you know, go to dinners. I could hang out with rappers and I could, I could retire. I could do my crypto investments. I could do all that and give up on all of this, but I have everything I want in life, but what gives me a lot of pleasure is helping other people. And I noticed that it brings back more for me in the long run. So for people to think that I'm taking all these times out of my day to, you know, do all of these things behind the scenes, there's so much stuff that people don't even see. They see the interviews and they see the me talk about it, but the actual like nitty gritty, getting my elbows dirty, like I'm, I'm in there. Uh, I, I'm in the weeds. And people will see that. And, so, and then so just as a follow-up, why do you care so much? Because that was actually what I was going to bring up. You made all this money last year. You've got a great life. It doesn't seem like you need to bother yourself with any of this. And to be honest, like there's a lot of people within MMA who are like, oh, and at least initially, like, leave us alone. We don't want your help. And yet here you are, as you said, putting your foot on the gas even more. So why does this matter to you so much? You know, I've said it uh, for a while you know, and I realized this at an early age, there was a moment where like I had a giant mansion and I had like everything I wanted in life that I dreamed about and I was unhappy. And I realized at that moment that life was more about purpose and passion and doing what you love every single day. And that's going to be more fulfilling in the long run than it is about getting some big check. And I realized that every single, you know, person who has left the impact on this earth 
it, you, you never talk about how much money they made. You, you don't talk about how much money did Gandhi make? How much money did Martin Luther King make? How much money did Muhammad Ali make? No one cares. What people care about is the impact that they left. And for me, that is more important than, you know, how much money I made. I want to be talked about for centuries and I want my voice and my opinions and I want to fight for the right things. And then not just, not just in fight sports, you know, I, I'm out here trying to inspire kids, you know, against bullying and so on and so forth. All of, all of this stuff is very, it's, it's a passion of mine. And I believe that there's been a void where no one from our generation has really talked about a lot of these things uh, in a major way. And I'm feeling that void because A, I can and B, I'm passionate about it. You mentioned with the diss track, uh, the proceeds are going to the fighters. Could you explain what you mean by that? How I think some people don't understand that you can make money off of YouTube, but like, how is that going to go to the fighters and via which vehicle? Yeah, so we're, we're just putting it to any uh, funds or foundations that help fighters and, and donating it to different various organizations. And um, we actually fractionalized the music video as an NFT, which I, I guess I'm announcing this now. I was going to announce it like later today, but um, we're fractionalizing it as NFT so people could actually like donate and own a piece of the music video. And the donations, again, are going to uh, various organizations that, that help fighters in, in any which way. Uh, are you surprised that you did not get a response at least publicly from dana white no not at all not at all i think he learned his lesson when he you know responded uh you know a couple of weeks ago while i was on vacation he, he responded with his like little selfie video where he was red as a crab and clearly pissed off and it just made himself it first of all brought more attention to everything and then he made himself look really stupid. And um, I think he is now being advised to just like not respond and it silenced everyone. What could they say? First, the first line is first of all, Masvidal, you ain't rich 50 fights for five mil. That ain't shit. Like what's he going to say? <laughs> you know, what, 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 what can anybody say? I think it shut people up and, you know, there, there's a, a lot of important messages in there, and it spoke for itself. Privately, do you hear from a lot of fighters these days? Publicly, you know, not a lot of them are tweeting the video, supporting it. I speak to a lot who say, I love this. This is the truth. This is no cap, as the kids say, with a capital P, just for the record. No cap, push and P. Um, I don't know if I got that right. Okay. I did it. I get that right. I don't know. Um, but do you hear from fighters? Are they DMing you? Are they texting you? Are they telling you like, please keep this up? We support you. We got your back. But I can't say X, Y, and Z. Yes, you there do. are a lot of fighters, a lot of big fighters in the UFC, who message me privately and say we we love this. This is hilarious. Keep on going. But I can't support this publicly. Does that bum you out? No, 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 no. But that, I don't want them to sacrifice their, you know, their 
they have to put uh, food on their family's table, you know? And like I said earlier, it's, I have happened to have a platform to be able to do this. So I accept the responsibility and I'm going to do it. I've made that decision. I'm going to war and I'm not backing down no matter what happens. Um, and I don't, you know, I don't need the, the fighters in the UFC to, to support this. And behind the scenes, it'd be great for them to support it and talk about it and push for these movements. And obviously, if there's a fighters union created, everyone in the UFC should join it, you know, to create power and to create a better uh, position for themselves and a, a better life for themselves. But I don't need them to support a diss track or anything like that um, publicly because they're just going to fuck themselves over. And I don't want that. I, I want them to win and make more money. And just curious, when you had that back and forth at the very beginning of the year, um, with Dana, with the videos, you're on vacation, hanging out with Drake. I was a little bit jealous of being on. That's my guy, Drake. You know, <laughs> both Canadian, Jewish. Uh, that was that was impressive. Um, did you ever hear anything? Obviously, he didn't respond when you were saying like two days left, three days left, all that. Did you ever hear anything privately about the whole the offer that you countered with? Was there any discussions about any of this? You know, you doing the drug test, him, you know, with the the numbers and all that. Was there anything discussed that we didn't know about or hear about? No, no, nothing. No, all, all of it w was out there. And okay. um, I mean, it was it was pretty obvious. Like, but look, I offered to retire from boxing to fight in the UFC so that uh, uh, all the other fighters could get paid, you know, more than the 12K minimum. And uh, obviously a list of number, a number of other things, but um, it, it was such a big statement and, and there was no response. And then Dana responded and it was like, you completely denied my offer. I'm like, no, I didn't. I completely accepted it. Like, are you, are, are you okay? Like, I know you do cocaine and such, but like, are you high right now? Like sober up and realize I accepted every part of your offer. And, um, I said, you could drug test me whenever you want. No, there's no problem there. At the beginning of last week, you make the announcement that you've invested in Endeavor. Um, and this, you know, created uh, all kinds of discussion. And in addition to that, we're going to hopefully team up with this uh, engine number one, which, you know, I will admit, I'm not, I'm not smart when it comes to this stuff. So I had to read up on them and learn all about it. And people were like, ah, well, I'm going to buy stock in Google and I'm going to walk in there and uh, tell them what's what. And I'm going to buy stock. Could you explain what your intentions are here? Why did you do this? Why did you feel like this was worth doing? Yeah. So we um, invested a, a small amount, like low six figures into Endeavor as a starting point just to get our foot in the door um, through Antifund, my venture capital fund. And it, it, it's simple. We want to go in and, you know, push for everything in their company to be treated fairly. Um, and that's, that's where engine one, you know, sort of comes in and why I brought them into the picture because that's like sort of what they specialize in is going in and looking at companies, ESG, environmental, social, and governments, governance, sorry, and making sure everything is up to speed, up to par. Are their employees being treated right? Are, how is the company ran? Is, you know, is everything good? Is there fair pay? Blah, blah, blah. So that's what our intention is. And um, we're currently 
starting to work on a white paper to you know break down Endeavor's stock and you know what's good, what's bad, what are they doing wrong um, to to be released to the public and uh, again it's to shake the tree you know let's let's look under the hood and now I'm an official owner technically of the UFC in a in a uh, in a small in a very small way but. Uh, now I'm my foot's in the door and I'm going to shake the tree and continue to shake the tree from all angles. Based on the conversations that you've had, are you confident that you can bring about change? Like do these things that you're trying to do by investing in the company and are you willing to invest even more to maybe make? Yeah. Yeah. 100% willing to invest more. And that's where the the conversation is going to, um, sort of open up. Like I said, this is a jumping off point and uh, there's a lot of interest into, in you know, creating maybe a group of people to come in and invest more in a, in a major way. Um, but th- this is a, this is a jump start, and things like this, the, the changes like this are very minuscule. It takes years, right? But time flies and, a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, when we're, you know, when that fly is still landing all over you and it's landing on your food and blah, blah, blah. It's annoying, right? The fly is annoying. So we're that fly now and they have to deal with us and I'm going to get a bigger army of flies and eventually uh, there's going to be change. Any update on Engine One? Like, are they are they behind this, or have you been able to? They they board? haven't officially um, joined on board yet, but okay. there's discussions. Um, okay, so so we have that, and then on Monday, I'm kind of going backwards here. We had something happen on Friday on Thursday. I mean, it was a really big week for you. Um, Monday, <laughs> yeah. I had uh, Francis Ngannou on the show. And uh, he said that as he was going to the arena at around 9 p.m. Pacific, his manager, Mark Martin, received an email uh, from the UFC lawyers about uh, basically saying that, you know, you're in conversations with your promotional group, right? You and your business partner, um, Nikisa Bedarian, and they need to cease all this. And there's these alleged talks. And, and now you even said in your statement to MMA Fighting that you believe you're your business partner to Kisa received the same letter. What's going on here? Yes. I mean, it's, it's just crazy what's happening. I think what, what is happening is the UFC realizes like, you know, where these flies creating havoc. And uh, we, we haven't had any communication with them. It's hilarious. Like, what am I going to do? Hey, Francis want to fight? Like Francis would squash me. Um, like, so the fact that they think we're talking to them, it just, it just shows like Dana's insecure and in finding any way to come after us. Uh, most valuable promotions, Nikisa, me, Francis, anyone who is, you know, sort of going against uh, his narrative and, and what he wants to do. But, you know, he should really be going after Bob Arum and Tyson Fury. They're, they're the ones who are saying like, let's do a fight. We'll fight Francis. We'll fight. Like I never said anything like this. And it's absurd. Imagine Adam silver, you know, the, the NBA commissioner sending 
LeBron James a lawsuit or like a threat to law to sue while he's on the way to the arena to play in the NBA championships. And then LeBron wins and that he doesn't get handed the trophy and the NBA commissioner like disappears. That's what this is the equivalent to. And so it just shows the type of person that, that Dana White is. And then it's, it's, it's embarrassing and they're insecure, you know, and, and clawing. And I'm sure the UFC lawyers are, watching this interview so um hey guys you know <laughs> you, you you'll find nothing and i feel bad for you and i feel bad that you have to work for a capitalistic pig how do you feel about the francis situation like do you think that this could be i mean you're very interested obviously in fighter pay i'm sure you're following it very closely could he be the one the heavyweight champion could he be the one to to bring about change or do you think he needs he needs more people than that uh it, it it's one person at a time, you know, and every, every person that gets added to the movement, it's great. And I think he, he very well can make change. And I feel like he already has by helping to shake the tree with these conversations and people are realizing, yo, he got paid 600 K for, for this fight. And meanwhile, the heavyweights in boxing are making $30 million. So there's clearly a big problem here and a big discrepancy. And where is all that money going? I'll tell you, it's going into the the UFC's pockets. And there's unfortunately nothing right now that the fighters can do about it. And really the only answer is for all of us to band together uh, on both boxing and on the MMA side as one unit and say, hey, we're not fighting. (laughs) unless changes are made and it's easier said than done, but that's what I'm going to push for to try and make happen. Now, of course I'd be remiss if I don't ask you about your actual fighting career as well. There's so much going on, but we don't even talk about, you know, your, your, I mean, your career, you're undefeated. You finished the year with that incredible knockout of Tyron Woodley. There was a story that came out, I don't know, maybe two weeks ago that you were in talks to fight Mike Tyson. Is that a real thing? No, no, it's not. It's not real. Um, I, I would fight him though, <laughs> but, but there were, there were never any discussions about that. Um, like he, he said it himself. Like I saw him in, in St. Bart's, um, on new year's and it was very cordial. We took a picture together and like, just, you know, he's like, he's a friend, you know? So, um, if, if we were to fight, like, who knows it, but <laughs> it would be weird. Like, I don't know if I would really want that, but um, there's there's been no discussions. As of right now, last day of January, when would you predict you'll fight again? It's hard to say, man. Um, there, there's a lot going on, like you said, Yeah. in other aspects of my life. Um, you know, I'm going to do these press conferences over the next you know, two weeks here to, to help with the promotion around Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano. Um, and I'm very busy on the business side of things with my venture capital fund. Um, so I haven't even gotten back into the gym or been training at all. So I need to have a discussion with my coaches. Um, but what, what month? I don't know. Uh, probably like I would say August, September, okay. maybe 
maybe later. So it might be a bit of a break for you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure it out, you know, and it, obviously if, uh, if, if something, you know, if, if the stars align in some sort of way, um, or, or I have a change of heart, um, then things can obviously move around. But right now I don't feel like that motivated to just go right back into another training camp. Is there a front runner right now? The interesting thing to me, at least from this, you know, vantage point there there's no real like obvious choice to fight united exactly. is there a front runner in your mind the, there there really isn't and that's that's you know part of why uh there's no urgent or or immediate rush to make something happen you know i'm sort of being a little bit patient and uh just not trying to like force anything because yeah, like you said, there's no, even in my head, when I wake up in the morning, like who would motivate me to get out of bed every morning right now and train. And there's really not, uh, there's really not an answer to that right now. It seems from the MMA perspective, if you keep that, you know, angle going, Anderson Silva seems to be the only one available at the moment. Of course, there's guys who could be available down the line. Do you have interest in that fight? Yes, definitely. Definitely. I, uh, I, I would, Love that fight. And uh, interesting story. Um, the he, I think he was the first, like, celebrity I ever saw. So right when MMA was blowing up, um, my dad was, like, a super big fan. And we went to this local MMA event. And they must have paid Anderson Silver to come because it was, like, in Ohio. So, like, I don't know why he would have been there. But I uh, – I actually asked for his autograph and we took a picture with him and like, I was like this tall, I'm like maybe like 12 years old. Um, but I think he was the first celebrity that I met. And wow. so it'd be fun to like bring it back full circle and fight, I guess, someone who was one of my uh, first idols. Right. 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 What about, you know, I had Tommy on the show a couple of weeks ago is there any chance you revisit that, Tommy Fury? He said he wanted to do it in March. It doesn't sound like that, you know. Meshes. March. <laughs> this guy's this guy is on drugs. <laughs> like he he's delusional, you know, and he sort of he sort of missed his his chance and his opportunity. And um, I I sort of want him to fight Tyron Woodley and mm. see what happens there because I think Tyron would would knock. Tommy out. And so I almost want to have them fight um, because Tommy, people only know him because of me. And so like, I want him to go like, go get some of your own fans or cloud or go do some other thing. And then maybe we could, maybe we could run it back after that. Anyone who is a full-time boxer that interests you. I, I've heard you talk about Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Any guys in boxing that you kind of have your eye on who are just, Straight up boxers, nothing more, nothing less. Yeah, um, Julio Julio Chavez is on the list, you know, of people we're talking about, and I'm down. I'm down for that fight um, for sure, and I think it, for many reasons it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, him and Anderson just fought, yeah. So it's like they they were just you know relevant in in the fight world again, and. Uh, 
other than that though, it's like, there's really no boxers who have a big enough of a name to make an interesting enough event that are, um, anywhere really near my weight class or, or experience level. It'd basically be like fighting, uh, uh, for the world title would be the only <laughs> fight that would sell. And I don't even know like who the cruiserweight champion is. I think Canelo was like supposed to fight him or something, but it just doesn't make any sense. You know, it's my sixth fight and this guy's a world champion. So no one really has a big enough name, uh, on, on the, in the boxing world other than, you know, maybe Chavez Jr. I saw you uh, practicing your kicks. People are trying to get you over to the MMA side of things. Is there legitimate interest there? I mean, again, like we can't be dumb here. You're making a crap load of money and there's really no reason to go over there. I mean, I, I laugh when I hear these promoters pick the promotion. I'm like, yeah, we'd love to have Jake come here. I mean, like, yeah, Jake could do his own show. Like he doesn't really necessarily need you, but great. Is there a legitimate interest? Forget about for who, but just to try it one day, MMA. Yeah, there, there is. And, and not in the near future, but in like the medium term, like I would need to practice my kicks and, and a little bit more uh, on the jujitsu side for like two years, maybe two and a half years before I would do that. Unless the money was really right, but like no one's brought anything to the table. That's interesting enough. Um, like even Khabib, said oh we offered him a deal it's not true they never offered me anything like eagle fc i don't think has ever even done an event so i don't even know if they have you know not not to hate on anything they're doing but it's like you know we're talking i would need more than what i make in boxing to risk going in mma right now right, right right so um yeah people would have to come with 25 35 million dollars to even start a conversation with me yeah and no one's done that yet right i mean all the because he did say that they had their first american show on friday eagle fc and he said afterwards that he reached out and sent you an offer i know pfl has talked about i know bellator has talked about no one's actually thrown something your way that is that is of interest right correct okay uh, I was thinking it's a shame the the one big one that it feels like two ships of the night like it it was gonna be such it was i think it could have done bigger numbers than you and, and excuse me, than McGregor and Mayweather. I think it definitely would have done bigger numbers than, you know, um, Mayweather and Pacquiao. I, I think it would probably would have done like 5 million, 6 million buys, but it doesn't feel like he's attainable right now because he feels like he's bigger if, than you. If, oh, I was just going to say. If Khabib wants. Uh, oh, who? Uh, you versus Dylan Dennis was the one I was talking about, the big money fight. Oh, 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 oh. Bro, that guy is like. <laughs> he's like he needs help he needs to see his therapist before he sees me but joke, i would fight way. i don't know if you caught the joke that was a joke that you would do better than oh i was kidding i was kidding okay i thought sorry. i thought you were being serious. wow you really thought i was being serious jay come on all this time I thought, sorry, sorry sorry oh my god sorry everything in this interview is we've been very very serious very i know serious. it's been it's been a business interview i was trying it was it was yeah no okay I, I would fight khabib um in mma if they wanted to make that offer really because yeah because that would be like exciting like that would excite me and especially like if if i had a, more time to train that'd be a massive fight right like sure probably a million two million pay-per-view buys and uh I, all i would have to do is just work on my wrestling skills because <laughs> i could i could 
outstrike him standing up. I mean, I mean, maybe for Eagle, uh, he's still, I think, contractually tied to the UFC, so it would probably have to be with them. Um, but, you know, they have been known to co-promote. I, I said on the record that I think you versus Connor might be the, the highest-selling pay-per-view that could be made right now in combat sports, you versus Nathan Diaz. It's interesting that all the biggest fights are you versus an MMA fighter, but it seems to be that's where you're, you're linked to despite the fact that you're in the world of boxing. I would imagine you agree with well, that. Just- yeah, and look, the the reason the UFC is so successful, and this is something that I want to get across, is like people think I like, I like the UFC. I think what they've done are, is great. They just need to get better. And I think what Dana's done to build MMA is he's done good. But now it's time to you know evolve more. I don't hate the UFC. I think what they've built is awesome. But um, that that it goes to show like the most famous combat sports athletes are coming out of the UFC because they do such a great job of promoting their fighters. Um, So really all the boxers, you know, are the heavyweights right now, Canelo. And then there's like the lightweight division that's like on fire. And you got the Ryan Garcia's and Devin Haney and George Gambosos and uh, tank because they are all pretty popular online. So like, those are the really the known boxers that you that any regular person who's not a fight fan could name walking around. Um, so that's why there's this intersection of like who does who do I fight? There's a there's a very short list of who makes sense and who could make a lot of money. Um, so so as we that's re- why. That's why it makes sense for me to fight these MMA fighters is because they've just gotten promoted better over their careers than the boxing promoters have promoted these boxers. So as we round third here, I know coming up you have the uh, the press conferences. I believe there's one this week in New York, next week in the UK. Uh, obviously, this is a big deal for you. You're going to be heavily involved, it seems, in the promotion. Um, as far as the union stuff, the fighter pay stuff, the Dana White stuff, can you like what what is what is the next? play here what's the game i mean you've done a lot in the last week so it's not like you have to drop another you know song tomorrow but what what is the goal here how are we looking at the next couple months because you said it yourself you're not going to let up it's not like you're just doing this and walking away it sounds like it's very top of mind for you yeah for sure and there's just a lot of uh the the next steps are there's a lot of behind the scenes work uh that needs to be done now and uh talking to lawyers and talking strategy and hires and how are we going to do this? It's, it's a massive undertaking. This isn't something you just like stand up. It has to be done properly and in a, in a very professional way, a very corporate way and with amazing people. Um, and I would want, you know, an, other big fighters both on the boxing side and on the MMA side to, you know, join the, council and the committee of the fighters union people like you know gsp um you know uh, on the boxing side i I would ask for canelo's involvement you know um i would get i'm friends with basically everyone in the lightweight division i would get them involved um so you know there's it's a massive undertaking so right now there's a lot of things that need to happen behind the scenes um, and other than that, we're just going to continue to shake the tree publicly and, and use our use our platform for good. 
Uh, can you rank them for us? Top three greatest diss tracks. Uh, Dana White diss track, Hit Him Up by the great Tupac Shakur, may he rest in peace. Uh, Drake, back to back. Maybe, in a, I mean, Drake's had a couple. Is there is there one that I'm missing? Where would you rank them? Yeah, I feel like for our uh, generation, like back to back is is probably uh, number one. Same with, but also like summer sixteen. I'm 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 a Drake fan, fan, oh, you know, yeah. um, through and through. So like all all of his sneak disses, like even his responses to Kanye on Certified Lover Boy, are are just uh, fire. So probably back to back summer sixteen. Um, there's some other ones that I like, but I don't want to like get myself into okay, yeah, yeah, crossfire because I'm friends with a lot of rappers. <laughs> it's like he said, I learned the game from William Wesley. You can never check me back to back. You know, I could, I could yeah. spit. I, people don't know this, but I got you some, can rap. I, I got. I mean, I've been told. I've been, been, <laughs> I mean, I've been. I mean, people sometimes they stop me in the airport. They say, "Are you Drizzy? Are you Aubrey?" <laughs> you know this the beard, the beard. I, I i say i say you know i appreciate it just because we're jewish and canadian doesn't mean we're the same person but you know he's great tell him i say hi by the way have I you actually, ever heard 5 a.m in toronto oh yeah tremendous that's the best one yeah he's the man best song, um well keep it up my friend and uh you know congrats on a big week for you guys the fight is huge i can't wait for it april 30th madison square garden Biggest fight in women's boxing history. First time in Madison Square Garden history that two females are headlining a boxing event. That is nuts. Uh, and that is a huge deal. And I repeat, not the Hulu theater we're talking about. We're talking about Big MSG where the Knicks and Rangers play. And that is important to note. Like Cambosis against Teofimo Lopez was at the Hulu theater, for goodness sake. This at the freaking MSG at the Mecca. So congrats on that. Get your tickets before they sell out. Yeah, when are they on sale? They're up. There's a pre-sale live right okay. now, so you just gotta Google it. But everyone, everyone better turn up there. If if you're in New York and you're a fan of me, I'm gonna be there. If you're a fan of women's boxing, this is a historic event. If you're a fan of Katie Taylor, Amanda Serrano, y'all need to be there. So I'll be there with my it. case of Prime, drinking in the front row. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Shout out to my boy Logan. And Logan, Logan will probably be there too with the oh. with uh, with Prime. So maybe we can take another selfie together ringside my god i want to know Let's what he's doing it. with that picture i want i heard maybe an nft something we'll see what happens uh jake i always appreciate the time thank you very much congrats on a big weekend good luck coming up with the promotion of the fight thank you sir appreciate you all right there he is the problem child jake paul joining us kind enough to join us after a very big week we had to talk about a lot of different things we had to uh address a lot of different things and uh you know personally if i were to vote hit him up greatest of all time you know, I mean, we, we all know how I feel about Hit Him Up, Hit Him Up, Hiawani. Who can forget, right? Who can forget back in the day? Um, that's why, you know, you take money, take, you know, first off, when we I mean, I can't really sing You're it here. Rapper, I, I just realized that I probably can't say any of the words. You claim to be a player but i you bust some bad boy you know it's impossible you know hit him up right frank you're a big uh, hip-hop guy yes yeah he's one of the all-time best legend um i mean tupac what can you say are you were you a tupac guy or a biggie guy i think uh tupac is probably one of the most influential artists wow uh, yeah like 
Strong statement. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm not the only one that thinks so. Okay. Yeah. Most influential artist, you were going to say something of all time? In, I was in... going to say the 90s specifically, okay. but then now that I look about it, it's like, you know what? Hip hop? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Do you like back to back? Are you a Drake guy? I feel like you're one of those no, I'm Jake not a Drake haters. Fan at all. What's not to like? I mean, sh- never mind. <laughs> Okay. Next segment. Um, I mean, I just think he is uh, so talented and so entertaining. Uh, and back-to-back is great, but, I mean, you can't, at least in my opinion. When I used to play basketball, did I tell you guys this story? Yeah, I think I did. I used to listen to Hit Him Up and uh, Triumph by Wu-Tang. I think we went through this already, so I won't, uh, I won't do it all over again. All right, everyone, time now for everyone's third favorite segment of the week. It is time... And now it's time to open up your ears and your minds, yes. MMA fans. It's time for Rick's Picks. Rick's Picks. Rick's Picks are lots of fun. Yes. And his hair is in a bun because it's... Yes. You already know what it is. Rick's, Rick's Picks. Picks. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's the moment you've all been yes. waiting for. It's the new craze taking the world by storm. Yes. Live from the Vox Studios in beautiful New York City, it's yes. time for... Rick's Picks. Yes. There Hello, Ariel. Is. There he is, Crypto Rick himself. Crypto? Yeah. Why? You're big. I mean, I, I feel like you, the thing you popped for the most in that interview was the NFT announcement you love that well first stuff. of all crypto and nft are not the same yeah, thing it's so the same let's, crap. It's let's the same. <laughs> start there isn't it like um, part of the same umbre- like it's under the same umbrella no of things you don't understand yes, yes. it is <laughs> it is under that umbrella. <laughs> whoops I just, um uh, but no they are they're completely different things okay um nfts are are uh digital property um cryptos is a digital currency okay um you can purchase nfts with cryptocurrency but they are uh quite different all right. Well, there's something. There's a word. There's a word. What's blockchain. the word? Blockchain. Thank you. See, I knew Frank had my back. It's called. It's part of the blockchain, right? Sure, but that doesn't make them the same thing. No, no. I never said it was the same thing. I said under the same umbrella. You popped for that. Um. No, I did not. Um. Can I? Let's circle back to a few things. Okay. We we have some we have some, we have things, some things to address to start, here. Okay. This is like, first of all not yeah. mentioning not mentioning Nas's ether when we're talking about diss tracks. I just, was going top three. Yeah, number one, Nas is Ether. What? Um, Hit him up is way better than Ether. This is not even. This is uh, put up a this poll. This can't even be debated. Guillermo, put even, it up on the poll. That's what if I was doing the Levitard show. Levitard, yeah. Put it put it up on a poll. Put it up on e- the poll. Ether is the diss track. It is, it is unanimously wow. uh, regarded. Now Jay Z's response. Um, also, sing um, it for me. What, Spit a few bars. No, we we won't be doing that. Okay. Um, also well respected and, and um, tried and true when it comes to this debate, but Nas is ether. Um, in fact, it has so give become me your ver- it has become vernacular to say somebody got ethered. Um, is it from that? Yeah. Oh, you, so you you've really known this phrase and not known that it was everyone from knows ether. There I mean, go. I've used it a thousand times. Really, I didn't realize that. Yeah, that is that is where it is from. Um, also, now now we're, is number we're, two hit him up. Hit him up's pretty good. I'll take it. It's up there. And Dana um, White diss track number three? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, AK Lee telling me the takeover is better than Ether. I will wow. uh, respectfully disagree there. Everyone um, chiming although, in Although, look, bo- both are very good. 
both are both are very very good um but i will respectfully disagree the, the queensbridge native uh takes it home there and then now uh yeah. going back again third favorite segment of the week what are the first two give me give me the first two segments <laughs> of the week that, that are preferred over rick's picks well number one obviously on the nose everyone checks it out that's where everyone sure. gets their juicy solid segment love it from and uh, people have said, you know, GC segment. You know, people people have really uh, GC to... and Helwani is yeah, the, yeah, yeah. is the proper name. Yeah, you know what? We're calling it G I'll City to, these days. I'll have to take. Um, I'll have to take third place. I'll have oh. to take third place. I re- I respect uh, the list and uh, I abide by it. All kinds of activity here on the Slack channel. Uh, Damon Martin, by the way, agreeing with me that hit him up is the greatest of all time. No you're, Vaseline you're... by Ice Cube. Is number two also a strong contender? Do you know why what I about said that? Carly Simon. Carly Simon. You were so vain. That's like oh, come on. Is that a diss? Is that you a know diss what? track? That's well, also a I great like, take. By no, the way. no, it's that not is- because we're talking about disses. Is that is that against another musical artist? Is that is that a yeah, diss track? Who, what's the story behind that it was song? Against I think the actor. William Beatty. Yeah, see, it doesn't. Wow. Have, yeah. I mean, Frank this, really this showing his age right now. Music oh, on forgot, music. Dana White's a rapper. You're, you're right. <laughs> well, no. I no, mean, no, I, again, I we're, we're pointing to Ariel not uh, knowing what this conversation's about. Hmm. Hey, did you know this? Long before Simon recorded what would be known as Your Sovain, the song was titled Bless You Ben. The first words were Bless You Ben. You came in when nobody else left off. Simon felt dissatisfied with the lyrics and put the song away until she attended a party one night where a famous guest appeared. A friend told Simon the male guest entered as if he was walking onto a yacht. Simon incorporated those words into the melody of Bless You, Ben, as she was composing on her piano. So I don't really think this is a diss track. As great as it is, you're so vain. You probably think the song is about you. You're so vain. You're so vain. We're going to give credit to that. You know what? I'm, ch- I'm flipping. I'm changing it. You know what? That's that's a solid. Thank I'll you. accept Thank that you, as a diss track. Yeah. Although, yeah. even though it's not against musical artists, you know, hitting up Warren Beatty, I'll take it. All right. Fair enough. I just don't know who who is she talking about in the song. That's Oh, oh, it is. is. Okay. It is Warren Beatty. Is, well, I'm I'm basing that on on info I'm seeing the in the title. Is that subjects about? identity has long been a matter of speculation with Simon. This, according to Wikipedia, great source, never read it, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> stating that the song refers to three men, it's only one of whom, yes, good one, uh, she has named publicly actor Warren Beatty. So there's three people. So I mean, then it might be the ultimate diss track, and Frank might be right. You know what? Okay. I have to I have to flip here. I, I was coming in with uh, Nas. Um, it's gonna be. Uh, it's going to be your so vain is, is the number one track. Nasty Nas to Esco to Esco Bar Nasty. <laughs> that guy, that yeah, man. That guy. Okay, fine. Uh, Listen, Ether. I was trying Ether. to get, there's a very good chance he doesn't know Ether, right? Yeah, you know, he said for his generation and then he yeah. was talking about Drake and I was like, oof, we're, we're, we're getting old here. Yeah, so. We're getting real old. I was trying to relate, that's all. Do you think he, he even knows Hit Him Up? Do you think he knows that track Tup- and, and Tupac? Come on. I mean, I feel like everyone knows Hit Him Up, no? I mean, maybe not. I don't know. I, I don't think that's a guarantee. I'm sure he believe- knows who Tupac is, but I, I hit him up. I don't know. I really we're old. Th- well, I know his business partner Keith is a huge Tupac fan, but uh, I re- I really thought like I wasn't even joking around. I really thought it was unanimous that that's the greatest diss track of all time. It's up there. It, it, I mean, certainly because of of the artist. Um, it is. It is. Who's uh, who is Nas talking about? By the way, Jay Z. That is Jay Z. Yeah, and Takeover is the response, right, 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 which right. Alex Kaylee. Yeah. Um, put up as better. better. Yeah. That is that is a contentious debate. Um, I will admit, even as as uh, a supporter of Nas in, in this battle, or now that it's it's long, long uh, buried, um, 
I have to admit that Jay Z's track was was quite good. Um, but Ether Ether gets the nod from me. All right. Um, so did now like, we've addressed did you everything. Like this track, like <laughs> um, well, as like a consumer of 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 music, or were you impressed with the production value? Yeah, I thought it was funny. I thought it had a um, very like two thousand Eminem feel to it, right? Hundred percent. It felt like an Eminem. I I randomly just watched. This is we're gonna go down a, a rabbit yeah. hole here. On TikTok, I watched somebody breaking down the lyrical master, mastery of Eminem's Godzilla because it's kind. You know, Eminem mm-hmm. is popular uh, right now. There's a lot of people who just think he's a, a bit of a gimmick rapper. Is he and, popular right now? I'm, the, the the debate over Eminem right now is, is kind of an online thing where I just think that um, there's a lot of conversation around is he really like that great a rapper, lyricist? Um, the other side saying it's it's a little bit of a gimmick. Famously, the Kid Mero um, does not yeah. like Eminem and, and has brought this up. So That's anyway, I, 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 he is my guy. I came across a TikTok where they were breaking down Godzilla, which caused me to watch the Godzilla music video. And yes, there is, a, there is definitely... To that uh, Jake Paul Dana White diss track, a very like Eminem music video quality to it, undoubtedly. Mm-hmm. Um, thought it was interesting to see Cyborg in it. Oh, thought yeah. it was interesting to see Antonio McKee in Antonio it. Antonio McKee, yes. Um, thought, <laughs> thought the Dana White lookalike was was a big miss. <laughs> we could have got somebody who looked a little bit more like Dana. I don't know if there's a story there why that person was chosen, um, but uh, overall. Um, it it served its purpose, I will say. I, I think uh, it captured attention. Let me ask you this. Oh, uh, and last yeah. thing on it. I thought he went harder at Connor than he went at Dana, other than the chorus being F. Dana White. Um, right, thought, he's talk about his wife and everything. Yeah, you know, he's bringing the personal stuff yeah, into yeah, it. Yeah. I, I thought it was a little more um, a little more pointed at Connor. Let me ask you this. Um, the main thing, anytime you talk about Jake Paul, is he's not sincere, he doesn't sure. care. Yep. Are you in that boat? I mean, you're you're the most skeptical person I know. You're the biggest cynic I, I know. I am a I'm a big cynic. I am I'm typically Do you believe skeptical. that after today, do you believe that this is sincere, that he is going to do everything I, that he's saying, that he wants to do this, or do you think it's all, you know, I'm, a publicity stunt? I'm gonna say this in the in the simplest way that I can think to say this. Because I I think you're right. This is always gonna be a point of contention. It's the main thing that it as keeps long being brought up. as his objectives are aligned with the objectives of uh, talking about fighters' rights. His objectives right now are make the most money he can boxing, potentially MMA, whatever you know, whatever fight sport he's competing in, make the most money there. He's also um, getting a lot of attention and notoriety by uh, talking badly about uh, the UFC's practices and Dana White. As long as those objectives are aligned with his objectives, he will continue to do them. The moment those things are not uh, aligned anymore, I do not think that Jake Paul will continue to... Um, advocate for what these do you things. mean by that? I don't think that. I think that as long as those two no, paths, like, as long as those objectives are aligned, how could um, they not be aligned? Basically, what would happen? Um, him retiring or him stopping? Yeah, him, him potentially retiring. Him um, getting bored of it. Um, I think that right now it is the best thing for him. So it is. It is something that he will continue to do. Um, and I don't think it takes away from what he's trying to do elsewhere. As lo- the, the moment that it no longer serves that purpose, I don't think that he will be invested in it anymore. Essentially, if Jake Paul is no longer a viable fighter and 
not in this space anymore and doing a million other things or moves completely into a promoter role. And even then it helps him, right? It right. helps him in this promoter role. Once the moment those things are no longer aligned, I don't think that he will be as uh, willing an advocate. I think it's all selfishly motivated as is. And I say that with, with the caveat that like everything is and everybody is. I don't think this is specific to Jake Paul. Like when our motivations are no longer in that direction, we will shift and do what is best for us. So I don't think it's fair to like criticize Jake Paul for um, not having his heart in it when at the end of the day, none of us are going to do that. None of us are going to be Do you believe his heart in is in it right now? No, but I don't think that matters. Um, See, that's the part that I disagree with. I actually do. I mean, call call me a mark. But, but what says what says that Jake Paul is somebody who has acted selflessly in the past? Like, what what would make you would lead you to that conclusion? I mean, look, I haven't been following his whole life. I don't know what he was doing. Yeah, this I mean, Team Ten thing. I don't know. Like, I hear about it now, and I've learned more about it over time. I mean, it was actually famously shout out to Abby Subban, by the way, our good oh, friend Abby. Man, he I was love the, Abby by the way. So much. Abby was the one that you remember. This was during Crust First. We were talking about KSI and Logan Paul, and that's when I kind of learned. I learned about the Paul brothers. Yeah, I from think, the I, fighting. I, and I think at the a, time you didn't know the difference between the two. That that's is how long back we're first, going. True story. The first interaction I ever had with Jake was him DMing me saying, hey, man, much respect. I've been watching you, but you keep calling me Logan. (laughs) That is true. That is true. Um, But all to say, so I don't know the whole history. I would say if his cards were just like these one fight cards or these cards where it's just a bunch of his friends, like the fact that – a thing has been get Amanda Serrano more money and whether or not, you know, he stems to make or like get freaking uh, Montana love more money and all these guys like that is true. So that in its own right, you could say is selfless. No, sure. OK, here's the here's the biggest indicator for me. Where was he last, you know, three years ago, four years ago? This is not new. The he UFC's was in practices high have not changed. Oh, stop. Wait, no, but he wasn't. He was a famous per- he was a famous person who wait. So just because he didn't care him. three years ago means he doesn't care now. I'm not saying that that's the case. What I'm saying is the timing is conspicuous, yes? The 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 idea that this would further his motivations and, and career aligns. And or, again, or I'm not faulting say, him for or this. Or you could say he's more involved in the sport. His eyes were open to certain things that he did. Because again, I always talk about the pizza night. The you know That's what fans want. They just want to watch fights, bro. They just want to watch cage fighting. <laughs> Once you get to see how the sausage is made, maybe you're, like you said, oh, wow, fair. Amanda Serrano only it's, made 20K. The one, the one thing that I guess, look, you can have your own opinion on this. Everyone, like, that's what's fun about the story. The one thing that kind of makes me feel like, well, we're, like, how do you truly feel about the sport is anytime he does something, it's the same old thing by the same old people. He doesn't believe. He doesn't. What's he going to do? Where is this going? Like, all right, guys, something is happening here. There is something. Yeah, now, if my- it falls flat, you could be like, all right, this dude was a fake. He was a phony. But I don't understand the rush to just poo-poo on everything. Now, you say, like, oh, the song was lame. I didn't like this. Like, yeah, that's fine. Everyone's yep. opinion. But the like, if it continues to be, we're going to do this, we're going to meet with these people, Like, let's see how it all plays out. I think it's completely fair, uh, and I agree with you. I think it's completely fair to say, I believe he's being disingenuous, just disingenuous and that he could still have an effect and an impact and a, and a positive approach to this. In, th- in fact, I think I fall in that camp. I don't mm-hmm. believe for a second that he would be doing this if it didn't help him, but I also don't think that matters much. I think ultimately there is a potential here for him to do uh, some good, and it is not a bad thing for him to be beating this drum, um, but I don't believe it, and, and I don't think that those two things are necessarily in conflict with each other. 
um, I think it is possible for him to to make an impact and, and not be doing this out of the goodness of his heart. Um, again, because I don't think a lot of people do things out of the goodness of their heart. I think we're all mostly selfish right. um, at our core and uh, are going to be motivated to do things that help us. But if he is able to help others along the way, what what's the issue there? Why why would you why would you not be in favor of that? I, I'll just add this, and then we'll we'll move on. None of the stuff that he's doing now, in my opinion, helps him sell pay per views, right? Like like this stuff, like him talking about Engine One. Yeah, you know, you talking smack about this guy, that guy. Like even when he brought up Connor, like didn't even mention him, Nate, whatever. So yep. none of this stuff helps him sell pay per views. The fact that it's gone this far, right? I can't. I don't know how much that video costs and all that stuff. To me, at least, shows some sort of interest in continuing to go. You know, the militia, the coup d'état, all that yeah. stuff. Like it sounds. Again, as we say, him and his brother, they were disruptors online, and it sounds like he is relishing the idea of disrupting a, a, a sure. world that he's not really been a part of, but has come in and has seen some things or whatever. I just find that all of that to be really interesting, and this, this, he hasn't. Okay, I'll, I'll uh, like thus far. Correct me if I'm wrong. He hasn't said he was going to do something and not done it, right? He said he was going to box, he did it. He said he was going to fight an MMA fighter, he did it. He said he was going to fight Tyron, he did it. But you yeah. know what I mean? He got the Showtime deal, all that stuff. So let's see. I don't know. Yeah, I Listen, mean, I, ca- I don't care if it's freaking, you know, Leslie Smith or Randy Couture or Lucas Middlebrook or GSP or Bjorn Rebney or Jake Paul. Like, I don't care who it is. That's besides the point. As long as the right people are talking about making the lives of fighters better, how could you not be in favor of that? That's the sure. part that I don't quite understand. Yeah, I, and and just to put a bow on it and, and reiterate, I don't think the motivation is that important. I think there's a lot of pe- people questioning his motivations. I don't think the motivations are that important. I that's think the one thing they bring up, right? Oh, yeah, that grifter. seems he's to be this. the thing that, right. that that sticks people up is like, eh, his heart, you know, he's, he's not doing it um, because he believes in it. I don't think I personally I don't think that matters to your point like it doesn't really matter who gets what done as long as things get done that's that's the camp I fall in um and I'll push back a little bit on the one thing which I do think that this helps his pay-per-view business because I think going against Dana White in the UFC mm. um gets him attention in MMA spaces clearly very yeah. clearly and yeah. that helps him because MMA fans are the ones who are buying his pay-per-view not really boxing fans the let's, MMA, let's I mean, call it what it is sure the it is amazing that he is a boxer right like if Say what you will about the opponent. Like he has competed in the sport of boxing. He is yet- a boxer. Anybody who at this point, a guy who has fought professionally that many times, he is a boxer. If anybody wants to make that argument that he's not, that's a miss me with that. One hundred percent. Especially when you compare like who the greats fought in their fourth and fifth yeah. fight, whatever. Yeah. The, the crazy thing is though, he is more linked. I feel like to MMA 100%. because everything is. So then I, I see people be like, "Why is he on the MMA hour?" Like, bro, what are you talking about? He's on the MMA hour because you're tuning in to watch him on the MMA hour and. The attention is there for Jake Paul uh, from the MMA but audience. A, no but doubt. B, everything he talks about is MMA. Sure. And and if you're— The most uh, interesting thing that will come from this conversation is him saying he'll fight— Habib, or, sorry, not the most interesting. Uh, the most widely trafficked, in my estimation, will ultimately be him saying he'll fight Habib in MMA. Right. Um, there's a lot of interesting things he said. Um, but I think that will be the thing that spreads the widest because Jake Paul— speaks to the MMA audience. The MMA audience is very interested one way or the other in Jake Paul. That is that is a fact. And if you're um, a boxing fan who is annoyed by the whole thing, I would just say, look at Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano. They they tried to make this fight for years. And, and now it's done. It's not a work that his presence made it happen. 
you know, and other people, of course, made it happen as well. Eddie, DeZone, well, Nikisa, like all, the, but like, it's not a war. He's not just some like dude that they just, you know, threw in and be like, this is the guy. Like, you know, he, he helped make the biggest, helped make the biggest, um, he was, yeah, women's this, boxing match of all time. The same way, you know, again, he's taking a shot at Bob Arum, right? By talking about that, whether you agree with the sentiment, whether you think it's genuine, whatever the case may be. He, on the other side of it, on the other side of it, he is helping to promote this fight that was not done before he came along. Um, yeah. Again, the results I think are what is important when you're when you're looking at this situation, and the results here are he is saying, and you know obviously it would need to be confirmed, but he is saying that uh, the two uh, women involved in this fight are going to see seven figure paydays. That is a result. That is actual and tangible and something you can look at. So regardless of his motivations, there's something happening here. Clearly. All right. What do we got? Uh, it's going to be a short one today. We've got one because I thought this wow. one stood above the rest. Okay. Really uh, throwing. I mean, geez, like not even. Okay. And we, you know, listen, when you hear it, you'll know because okay. I think you will agree with here, here and it deserves the spotlight on its own. There's going to be an honorable mention because <laughs> I actually have two, but this one's so good that I needed it to be one and an honorable mention. All right. The trailblazer himself, Mr. Kevin Holland, um, he is Rick's pick for this week. Tremendous. I mean, a troll. If you haven't seen it, I'm, I'm, we, I, I don't feel comfortable showing video of this because, again, you know, you got to consent to these types of things. Uh, Kevin Holland on his social media, you can find this, mm-hmm. uh, and there was an article on MMAfighting.com. A troll reached out to Kevin Holland via DM multiple times, harassing him. I would dare say. Uh, Kevin Holland's response to this, because, you know, as we know, fighters will get this uh, their their way and or public figures in general will get this their way all the time. Kevin Holland's response to this was to pay for travel and accommodations for this person uh, who was saying that they're going to tap out Kevin Holland and he's trash and yada, 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 was to pay for accommodations and, and travel for this person, bring them into the gym, proceed to very, very quickly uh, tap them out and then kick them the F out of there. Uh, Kevin Holland, you're a hero, sir. Um, thank you for for um, showing that there's levels to this um, and doing your duty to to eliminate trolls uh, from just saying whatever they want and holding them accountable for it. So Kevin Holland, uh, Rick's pick for the week. Um, and the, you should see the video. You should go to Kevin Holland's social media pages and go see the video if you're interested. Uh, but Kevin Holland, um, you've done it. Thank you. It's uh, it's pretty amazing. He's not the first one to do that. No, I, and Derek uh, we Lewis. were talking about it. Yes. I think what, what made this one— there have been others, No. Oh, there's definitely been others, and and you know even in in the early days of MMA, like gym storming and stuff like that was was a thing. Um, typically, other fighters, but um, you know there have been other cases where not untrained um, uh, people have have come across MMA fighters and been taught a lesson. Um, what I thought was so interesting about this <laughs> was this one was um, it was it was a little bit of almost like we're now at the point in in this day and age where the, this is commonplace. You know, years ago and back in the day, it was it felt a little more rare. You know, there people weren't so um, inclined to to mouth off to people. I think now it's very easy to ignore. But Kevin Holland decided to take the time out of his day to not ignore it and and teach somebody a lesson. So um, I was impressed. And hey, and for, shout the guy out. came from Nashville, by the way. His manager told me. <laughs> you know what? I have to also give credit to the guy. Yeah. Um, he he stood by his word and there, it would have been very easy to just disappear when Kevin Holland's trying to arrange this and say, nah, I don't really want to do it. Um, he was willing to risk embarrassment and ended up being embarrassed by Kevin Holland on his Instagram. Um, so shout out to both parties actually in this case. 
um, he stood by it. He tried to test himself, uh, failed spectacularly, uh, but uh, got it done. He he showed up, and uh, Kevin Holland taught him the lesson that that needed to be taught. Did you watch the Rumble? I did not. Wow. Um, I was uh, I was watching. Uh, Bellator on Saturday night, right. uh, so I did not have a chance to watch the Rumble. I obviously saw the activity. I saw that uh, Ronda R- Rousey came back, and uh, one, I was very curious to see if you would uh, interview <laughs> Ronda Rousey, um, or even Brock Lesnar, to be completely oh, honest. Um, but Brock I did was walking not... by me in the back. In fact, there was a moment where, I mean, I hate to name drop, but I'm talking to Taker. And I say, just rubbing like, elbows with the I dead was man, like, huh? Mark, the last time you, Mark, oh, yeah, you call him was, Mark now. <laughs> I was like, okay. Mark, the last time you and me and Brock were in this close proximity, you know what happened, right? Yeah, and we had a little laugh. You know, you Seth, Seth came in and we were talking about it. It was just, you know, real hobnobbing. You know, um, I love it. You're you're just entrenched, huh? You're just you're just, just one of the boys, as they I call it. One, one of the boys, boys in the back. back as oh, Chad I love likes it. To say. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't talk about everything. There's kayfabe. You got to respect the business. Can't talk about everything. Uh, did you watch Eagle FC? I did. That I did watch. In my honorable mention, it was really number two, but I, I thought Kevin Holland deserved this on his own. Um, number two was Rashad Evans. Shout out to oh, Rashad. Oh, yeah, man. Um, Legend. It, you love to see it. Hadn't fought since June of 2018. It says here, I looked it up on Wikipedia, it said he hadn't won a fight since uh, November of 2013, but it says it was against Chael Sonnen, which we know he's uh, undisputed and undefeated, so that right, couldn't be so right. So wrong, it must have been right. June of 2015 against Dan Henderson. Uh, but he hadn't won Damn, a fight in, in a long that's time. so crazy. I remember, that, that, that Chael fight was uh, UFC 167, the, the anniversary show, 20th anniversary show, and he looked yep. amazing in that fight. I remember he smoked Chael. Absolutely. What was it, like two minutes or something? Three yeah. minutes? Yeah, he, he looked, you know, he, he looked on fire. And and up until that point, he was looking really good. And yeah. then um, it went downhill from there. He, he, he ended on a losing streak, uh, retiring in 2018. But... Um, Came back, got the W. looked looked good. Yeah, good um, for him. looked really impressive and in incredible shape. I think on the broadcast they were talking about him being a fruititarian. I, I, yes, I don't want to. He's hardcore it. into this. I spoke to yeah. him about it, and he's still doing it. He lost a ton of weight. It's crazy. It's crazy um, how good he looks for his age. Yeah. Tyrone Spong, not so much. Wait, what do you mean? Well, he didn't look good. Not, you not mean just in the like, perform? Okay, in, I was about to say if if you're saying Tyrone no, 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 didn't no, no, look no. good, I was I was uh, he didn't perform putting us well. all to shame. No, he did not. Uh, look, that's a t- quite frankly, like I don't think Sergey Haritanov will get enough credit, or like people will really understand how good um, he is. Right. Uh, that dude is a legit MMA fighter. Like has seen everything, has been around the block for a very very long time. Tyrone Spong is a two and zero MMA fighter. Um, Coming in off of, off a very very uh, long layoff since the last time he fought MMA, it was you know those WSOF days. I don't even remember uh, how long ago his last fight was. That was not like some cupcake matchup to walk into. That was a very very tough fight, and I think actually Henry Cejudo in the post fight did a good job of kind of explaining that. How was um, Henry on the broadcast and everyone else? What you're telling me he wasn't great. Who was it? Chael, say Kamaru, Henry, Henry. Henry had a rough had a rough night at the office. First of all, he called him Tyrone Spong, Sprung, oh, or Sprung for for the uh, entirety of the broadcast. So uh, not a great not a great showing there. Yeah, Henry had a rough go. Um, Chael's great as as always. Was Chael um, a color analyst? Yeah, Chael, wow. Chael was providing Wait, so color. All three all three of them were in there. How many guys were in the no, booth? Uh, Kamaru. I don't think Henry was in the booth. Oh, he was just the interviewer. He, he was the interviewer. It was it was Fees, Cyrus Fees, um, 
uh, Chael, Chael and and Kamaru. Wow, how was um, Kamaru? Kamaru was solid. Kamaru was solid. Look again, you know, you got to get the reps in there, and Chael's yeah. been broadcasting for a much longer time. Um, but uh, yeah, shout out, shout out to them, and, and how shout was out to Rashad uh, Felicia Evans. Spencer? Good, but I mean, she was used um, minimally. I would say she was more there to. Um, you know, add some some colors to the backstage stuff. She wasn't oh. necessarily like popping in a lot. It, it was you know very spotty. Uh, but no, great. I mean, good to see her. You know, transitioning into that role. Um, but look, they're you know they're putting something together and giving fighters opportunities. So uh, shout out to that. Um, but Rashad yeah, Evans, Benson I think, Henderson was, mentioned them. was the one who stole stole the show that night. And yeah, um, Benson uh, alluded to potentially retiring, potentially fighting for Bellator, potentially fighting for Eagle FC. Um, again, options. But uh, Benson picked up a big win. He did. Um, up, he was big a upset. Huge underdog. Yeah, he was a big underdog um, and picked up a, a, a big win uh, in Bellator on Saturday. I think that Bader Congo fight could do big numbers. In terms of what? Pay per view, ratings. Stop. stop. Come on. <laughs> what is, <laughs> why you got to do this? Come on. Come on. Why you got to do this? Come You're on, saying, guys. are you essentially implying Fedor was the fight to make? Bader versus Fedor? Is that where we're going? Wasn't with he this? there? Well, yeah, because he's uh, uh, Moldovsky uh, is is a team fighter fighter, so yes. he's there. Yeah, no, I know. There's like a rhetorical. Qu- I mean, with all due respect. Yeah, I mean, look, I think that would have been a it makes a sense more interesting fight to make. How is it, it, how is it possible that Congo has now fought more times in Paris than like you know Francis and <laughs> yeah. all these dudes? Yeah, in 2022. By the way, fight. Congo Congo deserves it because he was there first, but it's 2022. Yeah. Here, here's my question: Is is Congo versus Bader one we needed to see again? Is that the one no. that we were clamoring for? I, I personally was not. Um, it's, it's fine though. It's good. I'll take it. Look, listen, Bader winning at heavyweight is pretty amazing. Yeah, well, quite frankly, I just think you no know their he- their heavyweight division needs a needs an influx. Right. Um, Bellator's heavyweight division. Uh, not a lot of great options there, but. I think Fedor versus Bader was the one that was on the table that I, that I would have been most interested in. If only there was a big name heavyweight that was almost going to be a free agent. Yeah, yo. could be interesting. Yo, yo, yo! Forget about Nganu Gantu in France. Could you imagine Congo beats? Could you imagine Congo beats Bader? They and sign Francis the, yeah. and they do Congo Francis in France. Listen, biggest fight in talking, French MMA history. Now. Wow, well, that just I, actually yeah. blew my mind. Congo. The 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 old guard, who yep. at that point will probably have the belt, in the most anticipated unification bout promotionally in MMA history, Czech Congo, the the ageless wonder himself. I was just thinking, who is is the lineal heavyweight champion Francis Ngannou? I'm I'm trying to think. I think it has to be right. Mm, it's tough. Um, but that yeah, look, you're you're you're, uh, no you're dropping the table for it. Yeah, no one dropped the belt because no one left, right, or got stripped. Yeah, it's I don't tough to remember. Heavyweight's tough because they've had, you know, they've it's been a, so sparingly. It's oh yeah, it's and it's been an interesting kind of path in history. But I, I, I assume that Francis is the lineal. Um, that could be bigger fight. That could be interesting. Yeah. Bigger fight. Francis check. Francis John Jones. <laughs> what is what are you on today? Francis. What's going on here? <laughs> Francis check. Listen, Jones. I've never forgotten the fact that Czech Congo literally choked me in Denver on camera. There's video. Why, why do I not remember this? What? Him and Rampage. I'm doing the interview. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He comes. Okay, yes, that's right. That's right. And that's he right, squeezed that's right, that's really right. tight. Like, I was like, all right, check. 
You can you let go now. would have thought it'd be Rampage, right? But no, he was the muscle. He was the muscle for that. Yeah. And, uh, Claimed and- to be my friend. The guy's really squeezing tight. Thank God I survived. Listen, I mean, I mean you've survived over him? I've sur- I mean, not only did I survive, I stuffed his takedown you, while yeah. holding a microphone. I know. And there, you didn't even give up the, the hips. Mic- you, yeah. Survived it, was, it was impressive. James Tony. You, you're, Diaz, you're, yeah, Rampage. Uh, I was trying to do only heavyweights, but yeah, your oh. your record against against them is is quite impressive. Okay. Um, weird tweet that I just got. Get Cub Swanson on the show, you fraud. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Why get, do I read this stuff? I mean, he speaks for all of us. Get Cub Swanson <laughs> on the show, you fraud. Why is Cub Swanson? The uh, the litmus as to whether or not I'm a fraud. I just I love know. the passion of it being specific to like everything yeah. else you do is going to be fraudulent unless, unless you get Cubs Swanson on the show. On. It's great. All right, it's Fair passion. Enough. I pre- I appreciate that passion. All right, well we're out of time. Anything else? No, that's it. Um, it was, it's yeah, we got. I mean, GC's got to make it home in time for Monday Night Raw. He's all in. I'm excited. All my friends are competing. New York, Rick. New York, Rick. That was. I mean. Shout out to Sandu. That was him. Ah, I already did this on the show. Don't don't shout him out. What he you did this? I did. I've done this from the first moment. Mister oh. Monday afternoon was announced. Oh, I thought I thought he okay. No, he he, didn't come he up said it this. to me. He said he but, was a big fan of the segment, and he did this. And I was like, wow, I never really thought of that. Listen, we're we're gonna we're gonna try. We're gonna make a case to try and be the number two um, best segment of, of the week. We're gonna try, but right. it's a stiff competition. So it's gonna well, be thank tough. you very much. We'll talk to you in a week. God bless. There he is, Mister. Monday afternoon himself, Mr. New York Rick, and uh, that means we are out of time. Another entertaining, another fun edition of the show in the books. That's my universal sign. There it is. You know what I always wondered and I never brought this up? Maybe there's someone who speaks Spanish. You speak Spanish, Frank? Piquito Espanol, see. What does he say at the beginning of the song? Ole he says, let's wrap it up. Is that really what he says? No, I have no, no. idea what he's saying. Like what? Is, I, I've never actually asked this question. Anyone out there who what speaks if Spanish? Bad. That would be. Uh, Maybe it's better if we don't know. Yeah, that would be. I mean, I'd like to know. After all these years, I would like to think that someone would have brought it up. I mean, I've been playing it since 2009, but you never know these days. They could be so offended that they don't even. They know don't how bring to it tell up, you. right? Yeah. Canceling me. I'm done. Probably going to be my last show, uh, and it's been a good run. A great way to end. What about that Davison Figueredo Valid interview? I mean, that was something, right? Were you able to keep track with all of it? All of it. It was good. I thought it was good. I thought we got a lot out. We accomplished a lot. And um, what now New York Rick's chiming in with Eminem Benzino? I don't even know what that is. Who, Bad Bunny? Is that Benzino? I love Bad Bunny. He's great. Benzino. Who's that? Anyway, thank you to all our guests. Like I said, we covered a lot of ground. We did a lot of things. And, of course, we're back on Wednesday. So stay tuned for that. For now, though, I want to thank Jeremy Stevens. Congrats to him on his new deal with the PFL. Congrats on a great run in the Ultimate Fighting Championship as well. Thank you very much to Randy Couture, the legend. Always great to talk to him. Thank you very much to Davidson Figueredo and Valid Ishmael. All the best to the other legend, Paul Semtex Daly, who joined us. And, of course, thank you very much to Jake Paul as well. Thanks to all of you. Back on Wednesday. Same time and place. Tell us every...